At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Yo, Eric. Hey, it's Mark. How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, so good. Um, it, it's weird. We're not in studio with each other right now. Yeah, this is definitely our first time trying to do a remote recording on a main episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's weird. We can see each other's face and that's nice because, <laughs> you know, I know your touches aren't far away as I see your hand go towards the screen. Green, so that's nice. I'll keep my hands below the camera. Oh God! So at any moment they may <laughs> creep forward. You know? I don't like it, but I like it. <laughs> well, welcome to Lore Hammer, um, the only podcast with lore and hammer in the title. Um. <laughs> Definitely the worst podcast with lore and hammer in the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we have a very special and interesting episode today. Uh, we've for, got our, an in- for our 100th episode, too. Yeah, of course. It's big stuff, big things. I didn't think I'd make it to 100. I <laughs> thought I would have died from dysentery long ago from our filthy mouse. This isn't the Oregon Trail Mark, you know. We have pills <laughs> for that if you're struggling <laughs> with it. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we got a couple really cool things lined up this uh, episode. We actually have an interview with none other than Graham McNeil coming up. One of the fucking biggest 40K authors out there. New York Times bestselling champion kisser, I've been told. <laughs> I believe uh-huh. it. After, yeah. after listening to that man talk, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. We talked for like, uh, we originally set up like, yeah, we just need a half hour of your time. And then we talked for an hour and a half and it was fantastic. Yeah, it's a long interview, but I, thought, I think it was full of great conversation. So yeah, uh, a little bit about like some other things that he's up to. But yeah, we'll get into that. But before we do, we're just going to say, hey, uh, if you listen to the show and you like what you hear, don't forget to support us on Patreon. Uh, dollar goes a long way. Um, so yeah, definitely go to Lorehammer Patreon to see, uh, see if any of our things uh, catch your interest. Yeah, and if you do um, support us on Patreon, then make sure you come over to our Discord. We're doing this really cool Armies on Parade thing this year, uh, specifically for our Discord members or our Patreon members, where you know um, we'll give you a task for a month to complete. And then if you complete it, we will mail out uh, a cool pin to you. And then by the end of the yeah. year, you should have a whole collection of pins and, never mind, a whole army with a board. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be pretty sweet. Yeah, and what you should do is you should make little places on your board for those pins. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you got to show off your pins and the board at the same time. (laughs) Exactly. That makes sense to me. Yeah, very cool. I can't (laughs) wait to... We we started that now, so I can't wait to see this one kind of all the stuff piling in and flowing in. Exactly. 
Very cool. Well, I guess um, what we should do is just jump right in to our first interview or our interview with Graham. Yeah, yeah. And okay. then uh, we'll come back and chat some more 40K. See you then. All right. Well, welcome to Lorehammer's uh, first official interview with truly someone famous, magnanimous, someone who actually has a, a role to play in 40K. Welcome to Graham McNeil. Hello. Round Thanks of for having me on, guys. Very good. How are you? I'm very good tonight. Very good. How are you guys? Uh, excellent. Um, I'm super excited to have this meeting and get to see you. I'm not going to lie. You were the first book I ever read uh, with 40K. Um, yeah. And you're actually the most recent book that I started to read but haven't finished. So I am the alpha and the omega. That's right. The beginning and the end. <laughs> well, which ones? What was the first and what was the latest? Uh, so first was False Gods. I mean... That was what Mark and Christian both introduced me to. They said, look, if you got to start somewhere, you have to start <laughs> at the biggest slog you'll ever go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's boot me right off. And then recently, uh, Mark and I have started to build our own library of 40K books. And he pulled out Nightbringer probably like four or five months ago and was like, this oh, book, wow. you got to read it. Um, Going all the way back. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it's a struggle and I'm working my way through it, but I'm going to get there. I can feel it. Good man. <laughs> well, I think what we're going to do is uh, we have some notes that we've prepared, and we would like to just talk mm-hmm. a lot about your history, a lot of questions about um, your professional life, a lot of 40K chat, uh, and I think we can just dive right in. Hey, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, the first question I think we need to ask every single person is, uh, like, what drew you to the world of Warhammer 40K? I mean, for you, it must have been eons ago, you know, but <laughs> dig deep it, back it into the distant back in the memory. dim and distant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I started sort of down this road, you know, very young when I, I read, you know, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, as all of us do at, in our youth. Um, I read, and it was when I was 11, my mum got me a copy of The Warlock of Firetop Mountain, the, the first of the, the fighting fantasy books. And I, I read that, devoured it, loved, loved it. You know, the idea of being part of the story and helping be the participant and the creator at the same time was, you know, something magical to me. So I, I got into all of them and that, you know, that was my gateway drug that led me to D&D and all the role-playing games. And I was all, I was always much more of a, a DM. I was always a DM, rarely a player. A classic. Uh, I, I don't know if that's like a particularly a writerly thing or a control freak thing or whatever, but I, I liked telling the story. As, you know, I, I've been a player many times and plenty of friends have run campaigns and adventures, but I much prefer uh, being the DM for those things. And as the adventures that I, you know, played or wrote and ran, they all ended up getting fairly ambitious in their scope, you know, beyond dungeon bashes or defeat the bandit or some real world building going on i'm sure i can only imagine just stacks of loosely loose leaf notebooks next to you yeah well that's exactly what it became (laughs) especially when you know the stories got more and more ambitious and uh you know i needed you know fate of nations battles kind of things and (laughs) you know role-playing systems are not built 
for that level of mass combat, you know, unless you're sort of, you know, telling a story as you move through it, but actually fighting that game is not really, you know, feasible with role-playing rules. Um, so I, I went from, from there, I got the AD&D battle system, which got us lots of counters, which was great. But it, again, as a system, it was not great. Um, and I, you know, I, I was, there was a games workshop store in Glasgow at the time. And I thought, well, I saw, saw the miniatures in the window and popped in and I was chatting to the, the guys there and I, I walked out with a whole bunch of chaos warriors, <laughs> chaos marauders and the, the orange, uh, the orange hardback Warhammer, the third edition one. And we started playing, you know, all our, our D and D games, you know, they would always generally in one campaign or another feature a big battle of some sort, uh, to sort of, you know, finish off the campaign with and gradually the battles tended to become more integral to our gaming than the role-playing. So we, we played more Warhammer than we did D&D and so on. Uh, so, I was, you know, I was a big Warhammer player. Still am. Got my, you know, Empire yeah, Army on the shelf it. behind me. Um, but then when 40K came out, I was like, I'll pick this up, see what it is. You know, I'm science fiction wargaming. You know, I like a bit of sci-fi and so on, but I'm not sure that the kind of gaming system for, is for me. But then when I read the Rogue Trader book uh, back in like the mid-80s, it just, it just blew me away, you know, for somebody you know, raised up Star Trek and Star Wars to see uh, a universe, this Baroque, this Gothic, this Darks, you know, really, really spoke to me. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is just the best thing ever. And just seeing all these, you know, this, this the carrion corpse of the emperor and the thousand space Marines wrecked up in front of the fortress monastery. And that, yeah, like some of that Ian John Miller. Blanche artwork originally is like, inspiring to all of us we look at like that one image and we can still picture it to this day type thing oh yeah for sure yeah. so you know we, we played you know we dabbled in the rogue trader and suddenly it was like that was becoming the dominant you know warhammer was getting eased out in favor of 40k and you know the you know the natural i don't know storytelling instincts that i i i, I flatter myself i possess that you know <laughs> it was always about okay, why is this battle happening and what's the aftermath of it? Then how does that feed into the next one? And, you know, kind of before we knew it, before I knew what a narrative campaign was, that was what we were playing. We were playing what's 4K and I was writing all the stories and the characters and the worlds for why this battle happened, what came of it. And, you know, like you say, you know, you built up a stacks and stacks of ring binders of planets and worlds, regiments, characters, <laughs> and so on. And, Eventually, again, I just I thought, you know, I need to start writing this down and making actual stories out of it. Um, and that was, again, each one was like a, you know, we introduced an element into our gaming and then that slowly that became the big thing. And narrative games were, every, every game we played was a narrative game. There was never any just, okay, I've got 1,500, you've got 1,500. Sure. Let's throw down. It was always a story. Yeah, there's something so. sterile about removing that narrative from those games. And you feel like you miss kind of the thematic and cinematic mark mm -hmm. when you just play like that matched play. Yeah. I mean, you build that. I mean, that's the thing, you mm -hmm. know, with talking to my son, he's a big, you know, he likes his Apex Legends, his Overwatch mm -hmm. and so on. Uh, and he and I, you know, I'm much more, when it comes to video games, I'm all about story based. I'm, you know, I'm God of Wars, your Skyrims, your uh you know subnautica's you know things with a story behind it so i can feel involved in the what i'm doing of it and we had that we had a discussion about you know like why do you he's like i'm like why do you like these and there's nothing to it, there's no story to it but he was talking about how you know you make the story every time you play it in the moments that happen within the game as 
you know, my character was on the balcony, it was shooting down and got his octane and blew him off the wall. And then I, yeah, we, we all have that story. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, okay, you know, so even, you know, there's nothing wrong with points playing at all. It's a great way to play, get, you know, random, you know, games in your game store, a tournament and so on. And you make the story as you play it. I, I was always very much about going into the game, knowing this is what we're here for. This is what the story is. And here's, you know, my captain who's fought in the three previous battles and been triumphant <laughs> and so on. Yeah, and now it's your opponent's goal to now kill that captain. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, did. You yeah, know, you like, would you would lose games occasionally, you know, both sides, by fixating on well, that guy took out my dreadnought last game, so he's going down this game and you would pour everything into getting that guy but lose the battle and then that would feature into the narrative and you know you would build out from there. And the, the more stories that I built out from our games, the more I decided, like, you know what, I'm going to take all this and I'm going to actually make a novel about out of this because I'd I, I read I read a novel when I was I don't know early teens I think it was and I remember thinking this was just garbage man I could I could do better than this and it was a, literally a light bulb moment where I was like okay put your put your money where your mouth is then go do it so you've been writing for a long time yeah oh, I've been writing I mean I've been telling stories uh, since like elementary school wow. writing them down and you know, nothing serious because it's just like, in the sense of, well, I think I could do something with this. It's just like, I loved writing stories. I loved, you know, running kind of D&D type things for my pals, just making up as I went along as to what was in the next cave and so on, very basic stuff. But I've all, yeah. always told stories and written them down. So from, I mean, a pal of mine and I, we wrote, uh, we wrote half a horror novel in high school before, you know, high school ended and we all went our separate ways and, you know, I learned to type writing a, a fantasy novel when I was about 15, the computer my dad brought back from his office. So yeah, I've, all, I've always written and told stories and it's just, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate that now people give me money to do it. <laughs> do well, you have uh, education at all in writing? Like, did you go to any post-secondary for classes and stuff? No, I've, I, <laughs> I think... You know, cause I did a talk once at uh, one of the universities in Nottingham to the was the, the MA in creative writing class. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I knew the girl that taught the class. And I remember think, saying to her beforehand, I was like, I'm, I'm like the worst person you could have to talk here because I've had no education in writing whatsoever. And I'm speaking to this class that they're paying to do. But I, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> your, no, your I, first I, note I, is like, make sure you have paper. And yeah. a pencil. <laughs> Don't do what I did, but uh, uh, no, nothing, nothing formal. But I've had a lot of. Uh, I mean, I read a lot, obviously, in the best. Yeah. You know, I, it's a cliche, but the best writers are the best readers. So I, you know, I learned a lot by just yeah. you know trying to analyze in a you know young-minded sense of why, why do I like this book? What is it about it that I like? How did you know David Gemmell, Clive Barker, you know Tolkien do the thing that I like and what made me like it and I have been very fortunate over the the years to have worked alongside uh, people who were way better writers than I I was. And I was able to learn from them, to listen to them, to copy them in some regards. And, you know, just, you know, it's like anything else. You want to be good at something or better at something, surround yourself with people who are really good at it and learn from them. And I was very fortunate in my path through life that I was especially from my workshop years to be surrounded by people who were great fantastic writers and I, I learned everything I could from them 
Yeah. No, that's sweet. Like uh, experience is its own training. You don't always need to yeah. do it all. So, um, yeah. I mean, when I first came to workshop, uh, you know, I worked, I was working alongside, you know, Nigel Stillman, Andy Chambers, Gaff Thor, <laughs> Those are some Alexio, names. Rick Priestley. And, uh, Can we have their number two? Yeah. I <laughs> can uh... <laughs> well, very few of them are still in the workshop anymore, but uh, you know, I, I still, I still in contact with quite a lot of them, but yeah, they were all, you know, the, the big names in, in Warhammer and Games Workshop. And I just, I learned at the feet of the masters. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, path of life and how you got to where you are, you started working for Games Workshop in mm-hmm. um, February of 2000. 2000, yeah. After a pretty big career shift for you, you were an <laughs> architect? Yeah, I, you know, I've got, uh, I've got a degree in architecture and a degree in building surveying. Uh, and I, I, I was a permanent student for a, a while. Um, and I, to be honest, I only worked in the field. I worked in an office in Glasgow, then London, then back in Glasgow, uh, in the architect's office. I uh, did that for maybe three, three, four years at the most. And before, you know, I, I was stuck doing a lot of health and safety stuff, which was the big thing at the time. You know, buildings had to have like their own instruction manuals and stuff because usually you would just hand it over with a key and say, there you go, mate. Uh, so <laughs> building out these health and safety library things, CDM books was a big thing in our office at the time. And it was, for me, certainly, it was just torture because it was just a beginning. So you had to call up people who'd, you'd, you'd finished the contract four years ago and say, hey, can I have the thing that you did four years ago? And everyone was like, get lost. Yeah, you're like, I definitely there. have that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I remember it was one day I came out of the office at lunchtime going, I cannot do this for the rest of my life. I just, I just can't. It's just, it's, it's going to, I'm going to go to an early grave if I have to do this for another week, let alone another 50 years or whatever. Um, and that afternoon I went down to the local, you know, newsagent sandwich shop underneath our office to get some lunch. And I was like, oh, there's this one white dwarf. I haven't, I haven't got that for a few months to pick up. And there was an advert in it for a staff writer in the design studio and games workshop. And I, I looked at it and thought, you know, what's the worst that can happen? They could, they could say no. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, fortunately they didn't. And I, I did a bunch of like pieces of work for them, came down, did a couple of very, very strange interviews that were great fun, but you probably wouldn't be allowed to do anymore. Um, and they, they <laughs> offered this the job. job yeah, so, yeah. Beat me at Warhammer. <laughs> That's right. Well, we did have 3, to Warhammer. <laughs> we had to do, uh, it was a whole bunch of things. It, wow. was, it, was a, it was a fun, fun couple of days. And yeah, they, you know, they were, they were good enough to give me the job and I, I moved down to Nottingham in the, you know, a few months later and took the job and fast forward, here we are today. So you get the job in 2000, your first book, Nightbringer comes out 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, what I consider one of the pivotal moments in Games Workshop writing, False Gods, which was your uh, fifth, fourth, fifth novel. Um, no, yeah. Maybe, maybe okay. the sixth, the sixth or seventh, maybe. So that doesn't. I think, come it, was out... a, I think it was my seventh one. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't come out till two thousand and six, mm-hmm. and from the time of two thousand to two thousand six, what was like your main role? Were you writing other novels for them? Were you focusing on different aspects? The, I mean, the novels were all freelance things. The, you know, you were all there was no in-house novel writers. That was all done of evenings and the weekends and stuff. My my day job uh, initially as it was a staff writer where 
it was intended more as a sort of journalistic thing where you would come and do report from the Grand Tournament or interview, you know, the heavy metal painters. How did you paint, you know, the new Archaeon model or, you know, write up the battle reports that, you know, Andy and Jervis would play or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, you know, it was all great fun. I, I really enjoyed that. But I think very quickly I realized, and I think the, uh, the other guys realized that my real interest was more in the background of the fiction side of things. So I wrote, uh, I wrote a couple of articles for White Dwarf. The, and the first one that came out was like famous regiments of the Imperial Guard with like Death Code of Krieg, Savlar Chem Dogs and stuff like that. And that's kind of snowballed. I did a few more for like various Astartes chapters. I wrote a lot of the the color text that went alongside the battle reports to sort of, again set the scene why we're here what happens at the aftermath of it. Um, Those uh, white dwarves from like two thousand one to two thousand ten ish, they're so good. There's so much like yeah, those like nice regimental art articles are just battle. There's so much good stuff. It was yeah, they were good fun to write because we didn't. I think we had a nice balance that's you know went away for a while and has now sort of come back of of characters and personalities and rules and background and modeling it's just a, a good balance like i think we had then and you know as i'm glad to see is very much in evidence again now um but yeah from from that i mean i it was gav gav thorpe was doing inquisitor uh at the time and you know he'd already written the rules for it but you know myself and phil and andy and andy hall and matt keith we did a lot of the we helped out a lot with the playtesting and the demoing of it. And uh, we ended up writing a whole bunch of new rules for it for the Inquisitor magazine and supplements to go in White Dwarf and so on. And I think that that was felt it was fairly safe ground because it wasn't like a core game. So if you, if you messed up some, you know, rule mechanic and it was wildly overbalanced, it's like, well, it's Inquisitor. You can kind of get away with that because, you know, it's a very much more narrative GM driven game and, you were very much encouraged to play with the rules and use what you liked and discard what you didn't and bend them to make them fit the kind of games you like to play. So I, I wrote a lot of that, a lot of the stuff of that, Phil and Gav. And I think from that, I think hope the, you know, I kind of, I, I liked the, the rules writing stuff. So with, you know, cause you were, you know, at the time the design studio, the games dev team, we were, we kind of were involved in all sorts of aspects. We would all be, pitching in on a codex or an army book, whether it be fiction or a, a rules entry or a unit entry or a rules summary or that sort of thing. So we were all involved with that. But the first first time I got involved with that codex was writing a lot of stuff with Andy for the first codex tau. Uh, I wrote a lot of the, wow. the background stuff for that. That's, that's what got me into the text. game, man. That's That was my first codex. Uh-huh. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. For real, man. So, yeah, I mean, now so, I've exactly. made a living off of Warhammer as well because of you. So, yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll expect a kickback on that. <laughs> That's right. Soon. A finder's fee, right? Yeah, right? Exactly. That seems only fair. Ah. But, yeah, I mean, from there, it just I, I started getting more. I did I, almost none of the sort of journalistic stuff. It was all, you know, rule codexes, army books, and then a... a Phil Phil Kelly, Andy Chambers, and I did the Demon Hunters Codex, the first of the sort of Inquisitor yeah. Codexes, and that was a ton of fun because that was a chance for us to uh, sort of really reclaim a lot of the Baroque Gothic weirdness of 40k. Because I think we all we all felt that it had sort of unwittingly sort of drifted into more sort of I don't want to say generic sci-fi, but it was it was very 
you know, obvious spaceship, space marine gun. There was none of the crazy weird shit, you know, from John Blanche's original artwork and the original writings in Rogue Trader. We'd come a bit sort of sterile at that point. So, you know, that was a chance for us to really inject some of the, the weirdness into the, the game. And we, we did that again. Andy, Andy Hoare and I did the, the Witch Hunters book, which again, ton of fun, introduced all the crazy, weird judging trousers and all the living saints and stuff like this. And, you know, by that point, we were just working on, you know, you would take a book, whether it's like the City Fight or Black Templars or Empire or what have you. Um, and so the day-to-day stuff was just writing stuff for codexes and army books, uh, White Dwarf articles, you know, designers' notes, battle reports, highlight a particular miniature, highlight a particular, you know, uh, rule mechanic or that sort of thing. So that was, that was kind of the day-to-day and all the, you know, I was kind of working sort of on the side uh, with Black Library helping sort of, you know, uh, read over some of the synopses that they were getting and offering some thoughts on it and so on. And that was that was really good training for, for me because, you know, that applying that rigor to somebody else's work meant that you necessarily had to apply it to your own work. So seeing what other people were doing was great training. Again, surround yourself by people who are doing great Absolutely, work. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I learned a ton of stuff from seeing, you know, books, outlines for, for Gav, for Dan Abnett and so on, Gordon Rennie coming in and just looking at them thinking, all ah, right, I see him, Bill King, you know, see how has Bill structured this? What has he done? Ah, I see what you did there. That's really clever. Take a note. Um, but then by the time 2006 came along, which is when I, uh, summer 2006 when I left, we were kind of in a place where, the novels by that point, I think I'd done seven, maybe coming up to eight. Um, they were becoming the thing that was really exciting me the most. You know, long form fiction was, I realized, pretty much where my heart lay rather than, you know, doing the Space Marine Codex for the sixth time. <laughs> Reinventing the Marine over again. <laughs> every iteration of it adds something new, and every time you get to work on it, you, you, you find something new to love about that particular army because one of the mantras we had at the studio is you know if you're working in a, a codex or an army book and you don't want to collect the army while you're doing it then then you're probably not doing it right absolutely we had, we had oh man the armies we had going back then from all the sort of test miniatures and you know first sprues you're like oh, that doesn't work but okay we can make something of this <laughs> um so yeah that's uh, but by that point like i say i got to the stage where I, I really loved writing the novels and the short stories, and that was taking up the bulk of my time. So I figured, okay, you know, if, if I if I wanted to make this a career, then if I don't do it now, I probably won't ever do it because this is that sort of sweet spot of opportunity and time and desire. And I thought, if I don't, I'll just get I'll get comfortable, and then it'll be too difficult to make the jump. So, you know. Okay, it, so it became that the thing that I wanted to do. So 2006 hits, and Games Workshop approaches you and says, "Look, we have this massive idea. Um, like, what what were the initial planning stages of the Horus Heresy look like? Mm-hmm. Was it them approaching you? Was it putting a bunch of you guys in the same room together? Yeah, it was." Wow. I mean, basically, I mean, I, even after I left Workshop, even and to this day, I I maintain extremely close ties with them. I mean, I've worked with Games Workshop basically since the year 2000, you know, and I've, I've 
kept in I'm in regular I have regular meetings with Nick Kime and I speak to my, my friends at workshop who are still there we speak every week on Skypes and what have you or you know I said now that I'm in the US but before that you know we'd have gaming night every Wednesday for role-playing or board games or war games or what have you so you know I in many ways I feel I've never left you know because I I keep saying to them, I should get my 20 year award for workshop. I've basically been, <laughs> yeah. you know, involved with that. With the, Some nice pin, you know, yeah. diamond yeah, watch, pin, maybe. badge or something. Yeah. Gold yeah. clock or something, uh, you know, <laughs> enameled bolter or something. Yes, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's the heresy was one, you know, like I say, I was, I was, you know, I was doing three novels a year. Uh, for Black Library and so you know short stories, novels, and the occasional comic and stuff like that. So I, I know I was in contact with them. Like if, if a day went by, I didn't talk to somebody at workshop. It was a it was a strange day. So uh, yeah, it, it was. I mean, Nick Nick and I had talked about it um, a couple of times, saying, "Oh, we're looking to maybe do this as a, a series," and we you know we'd come to the conclusion that you know we felt that yes, we had a a stable of writers who were you know, reliable enough or who had come up in the craft, who knew the IP and who knew each other because, you know, a huge part of this endeavor would involve a, a lot of close collaboration and trust between them. So we, you know, it was felt that, you know, that this is the moment we are, we're ready to do this on all levels on an editorial level, a story level, a writer, artist, production, distribution level. So yeah, we had a whole, we had a big, big meeting at, at Games Workshop in the boardroom with a whole bunch of authors and writer, uh, authors and editors, and you know, lore fiends from the company and so on. And we just kind of carved up the ideas of what it would be and how how could we tell the story? You know, because it's we can't just say right, you over there do book one and off you go, and then we'll figure it out as we go along. You know, we wanted to. Uh, figure out what our strategy would be and how we would tell the story and what the the feel and the themes we could explore would be because you know we wanted it to be more than just bolter porn it wanted to we wanted to tell a big story that told the readers the story they didn't know you know that yeah. you know because a lot of the times the heresy it's like well i know how i know how it ends i know the big yeah, exactly. beats. i know i know where it gets to so we always wanted to figure out a way to tell a story behind the story, you know, the, the, the moments of the heresy you thought you knew, but actually there were layers to it and facets that you hadn't seen before that would then, you know, hopefully radically uh, alter the way you thought of things and bring new understandings to certain aspects of the story that you thought were, you know, old and tired or you'd seen a hundred times before. So, yeah, it's and, interesting and, looking at Space Marines from 40K and 30K and comparing how the 40K ones are so religious and zealous. And I remember reading False Gods and like, oh, wow, this guy's a poet. Like, they have more things going on with them. Oh, full credit for that has to go to mm-hmm. Dan. Because uh, I remember reading the the manuscript for Horus Rising, uh, book one in the series, and being very confused at one point, going, "What? Who the hell are these guys? These aren't <laughs> these aren't space marines. They don't talk like space marines. They're 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 not all dogmatic and religious and these yeah. and those and brothers. What's going on? These are this is all wrong. These but they don't have marines. ten thousand years of context to them yet. And well, that's the, the that's, that is the point. I, I very yeah. you know reading halfway. Well, 
very quickly into reading it. It's like, these aren't the 40K. These aren't space beams of 40K. What? The- oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Of course, they're not meant to be because that's not who they are now. That's It's this conflict and the 10,000 years of grimness that... <laughs> that fold out from this period is what makes the Space Marines of 40K. These guys are nothing like that. I mean, again, one of the things we wanted to explore was to make sure that, that you know, you pick up a, a Horus Heresy novel that within the first couple of pages, even if the cover was ripped off and you knew nothing of what you were reading, you would still know you were reading a 30K book, not a 40K book, because it had to feel like its own range, its own style, its own language. I mean, there, there there's words and ways of telling stories that we employed in the heresy that we would never really think to use in 40k because there's such different timelines and the people involved in those stories are so very different yeah for sure um so that initial planning did you guys have any idea that it was going to be like a 60 plus book long (laughs) series or did you guys have yeah. No, the original thinking, I mean, we never we never had a specific number in mind. It's going to be X books and that'll be that. Um, it was, we, we figured out we'll do an opening trilogy to really kick the ball going. Uh, we'll probably finish it with the trilogy and maybe, I don't know, uh, nine or ten, if we're lucky, books in the middle. <laughs> um, but ah. yeah, that, <laughs> that was very quickly blown out of the water when we realised a, like A, how popular it was. B, that there was so much story to tell. And there was so much that we wanted to tell that we were like, this is just never going to be yeah. whatever, eight, well, ten books that we maybe envisaged. And the the, the reader response to it, because it was there was a real, you know, leap of faith for everybody involved. You know, the Black Library, the authors, the readers, everybody had to buy into this. And everybody did, you know, the, the reader response to the Heresy series was just phenomenal. It was like nothing any of us had ever expected to the point where, you know, I mean, going into Write False Gods, the pressure was enormous because, I mean, A, you're following Dan Abnett, which is <laughs> never, never easy. And when he's written a book as just on fire as Horus Rising was, and, you know, you're, you're telling the biggest story in 40k history you know it's the the pressure to do that story justice was enormous but it was a you know i always looked at it as a okay let's do it then let's let's you want that challenge okay let's get this done and let's try and tell this is as good as we can possibly tell it always bring something new to the table and just try and do something that builds on the lore builds on what's gone before gives the readers something new that they haven't seen before and gets them hungry for another one. Uh, and, you know, fortunately, the the gestalt mind power of the the uni mind of authors and editors and what have you, you know, we, we, it brought something special to the table. That number of minds working together really, really was greater than the sum of its parts. It's manifested something truly that like stretches between people mm. and age groups and writing styles it's, it's quite a feat it's yeah and, and it, it took a lot of effort on everybody's part to, to make sure that happened you know we had to you know deliver the work on time the editors had to wrangle many many confusing timelines because it's 30 years or so of backstory for the heresy that is often contradictory often wildly out of date given where the lore is now and so, forth, so on and so forth. Uh, or there'd be like a throwaway reference in a, an old white dwarf that is suddenly able to get, 
okay, well, that just kills everything. Or, oh, my yeah. God, I think the possibilities that opens. So, was, yeah. you know, we and never write know, a date down. Easy... Never write Sorry? a date down because uh, if you write a date down, then it guarantees conflicts with another date. <laughs> and then you're getting letters about why it's conflicting. So, yes. Don't you know yeah. anything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to l- be l- specific, we're, we're... but not too specific. <laughs> yeah. We were yeah. very lucky that we had a very dedicated team of editors who kept you know timelines and you know was he left-handed or right-handed she had green eyes or blue <laughs> eyes lots of people keeping those things on track for us so you know as we we almost had the easier job of just writing the, the stuff down not necessarily having to keep track of it all i'm assuming that there's just a massive uh lore bible holy grail of the correct thing and i'm assuming that there's just a poor servitor in Games Workshop, slowly pouring over line by line. Of course, and it is so dense with lore, it has become its own singularity and nothing. <laughs> and once it's in there, nothing can escape it, right? Oh, yeah. It just it's, sucks it's a black everything. hole of lore. It's not called the Black Library for nothing. It sucks <laughs> all the lore in and it creeps around the edges. Um, so we're going to get into some experience writing for Games Workshop and how writing for these group author councils is like planning sessions, favorite topics, yeah. books, least favorite books, topics. We got a couple more questions in that regard. So yeah, first question, fine. over the course of your career, you've written over 20 novels in Warhammer 40K, but you've also written in Warhammer Fantasy, Age of Sigmar, uh, Blizzard Starcraft, and Fantasy Flight Games arkham mm-hmm. horror which one of these was the best experience working with the company and which one was your favorite to write in that, that's it's i mean all told with all the various franchises i've worked in that's like i've written like 30 novels uh <laughs> all, all told but i mean they're intense they're all they're all very different i mean I, i've built I've, I've worked with the people at games workshop for like over 20 years now there's a there's a there's a level of trust and and love between the people that I work with there now that that you only get after that level of time and I am I'm very comfortable working with them they're very comfortable working with me and that that level of trust and shorthand that you have about storytelling what kinds of stories allows for some really really great and meaningful interactions that really help elevate the work uh, I mean with Starcraft, I was working uh, with Chris Metzen, who's the creative director over there. And the great thing about the Starcraft one was at, at that point, their universe was very, very loose in terms of the level of background that existed already. You know, like you go into Warhammer now and there's 30 years of, of backstory at Starcraft 2, as, as it was that I was writing for at that point. Um, it had almost nothing. Uh, I mean, not almost nothing, but it was like a, a pamphlet that oh, came in the original so Starcraft book. Relatively. Yeah. Um, so anything, Chris was very good. He's like, hey, you know, if you ever run into, because I'd, I'd started by emailing him, like, what does this thing mean? Who, who lives on this? What do these guys do? And so on. And he eventually was like, you know, he's either getting tired of me saying so, asking so many questions, but he's just like, hey, guy, if, if, if there's something that isn't there, if there's a gap in the Lord, just fill it. Just make it up, you know, and we'll make it part of the canon. So it's like, wow, awesome. <laughs> so that, that was that was fun because, you know, you could literally do anything with it. And, you know, as long as it wasn't like stupidly breaking lore, which, you know, none of us, none, none of the tie-in writers were, would, would, you know, to do deliberately, uh, you could get away with it, you know, and do it 
you know, and I, you know, I was never going to do something that's ha ha. I'm just going to fuck things up by doing sure, this. I was yeah. going to tell something that was fun and interesting. And with uh, with the Arkham Horror ones, again, I had pretty much a free reign. You know, you've got the characters from the game you want to use, and the first book was a bit more challenging, just simply because, you know, my you know the Lovecraftian lore, the mythos, and so on. My personal attachment to it is in that sort of cosmic unknowable scale of you know if you see the things your your go your head explodes as you go mad and you know very much you know it's like the writings of lovecraft himself whereas arkham horror the game has a, a much more pulpy vibe to it which is great and i, and I love it because arkham horror is one of my favorite games uh you know it's that you know if you get stick a dynamite in a pistol you can fight cthulhu and so on you can have <laughs> that you can drive a you know a a speedster around town, you know, with the, the, the Meagle in pursuit and you've got the Tommy gun out the back of the car and that, that sort of vibe to it. So the first book had to cleave a lot more closely to that vibe, um, which was fine. You know, again, it was, it was a lot of fun to do that, but it, it wasn't the mythos that I was really drawn to. But then by the time book two and three came out, they were, they were very much more like, okay, we'll just, go nuts, you know, do, do what you want. So that was a good, and I had a great editor in there, um, Evelyn Fredrickson. She was, she was great on that. And let's say Patricia Meredith was my editor and the other ones, she was great. So I've had, I've, I've generally speaking had good editorial support, which really helps to, you know, make, to polish the words you give them, make them make good, great, hopefully. Um, so yeah, I've not really, there's no IP I've worked in where I've come away gone, I'm I'm not doing that again. That was just soul draining. No, I've been again. I've been very fortunate over the course of my career to work with exceptional writers, great editors who have all helped elevate me along the way. I as as to a favorite, I could, I, you know, it's my favorite is you know, and it's the same answer. You know, I've I've heard Dan give the same answer as well. My favorite is the one I'm working on right now because when you're deep deep in the weeds of the the book, you're you're if you're doing it right, hopefully, then you're loving it. You're loving these characters that are yeah. speaking to you. The story's working. It's all coming together, and it's brilliant. Yeah. And you know, and then you know that's the you know sometimes I hate it. I hate it. I'm a terrible writer. I should never touch a pen and keyboard <laughs> again. And then you come out the other side of that, and it's oh, I love it again. I love it again, and so on. <laughs> um, yeah. But you need to, I, I always think, you know, in, in storytelling and uh, IPs, variation and texture to the kinds of things you're working on is always really good to keep you fresh because, you know, I don't want to do, you know, five Space Marine novels in a row because that would get a bit samey, it would feel a bit yeah. like, how am I going to tell, you know, Tactical Squad Alpha going into battle interestingly five times in a row over six books and so on yeah it's hard to keep things shiny like that you know yeah so going from you know like bolters and planetary bombardments to swords and dragons and wizards to tommy guns and elder gods just varying things up just keeps everything fresh and keeps everything exciting for when you go back to you think oh man i can't wait to get to you know the dreadnoughts and the drop pods and the space marine (laughs) spear tip assault you know, or you know, the the ranked up soldiers as the dragon comes sweeping in and the cannons booming over top <laughs> and something. And so, keeping things fresh and and jumping from you know code switching from IP to IP is a is a great way to keep yourself fresh, to keep the writing yeah. fresh, the readers excited because you know if, if you're not 
passionate about the thing you're telling, the reader will spot that a mile off and they will, the writing yeah. will be flat and it'll be boring and they'll be like, ah, not really going to bother finishing this book. So that's some that's, great advice. So just kind of follow your passions, whether it's in writing or whatever you're doing though. Like, mm. yeah, you can tell you pick up on that passion. People pick up on it. Very much so. We're very, you know, human beings are very instinctive creatures in that regard. We, you can tell when somebody's phoning it in. Mm-hmm. And I, I never, ever want anyone to read any of my stuff and think, ah, yeah, you were half asleep and you were typing this. I feel like I feel like I could just unpack 90% of what you're saying. Okay, so there's one part where you said, if you're writing the codex, and you got to love the army. you got to come out of it saying, I want this army. Now, Mark mm-hmm. and I have covered many different topics in the Warhammer universe. And almost every single time we're like, all right, let's dive into... Um, Black Templar, and you build this entire three-hour episode trying to impart what it is to feel like a Black Templar to people who maybe have no experience with it. And I don't know a single episode where, whether we're doing um, Tyranids or we're doing a Craft World or an Exodite, all of it is like, by the end, you're like, I have an idea for my own army, and I want to get it right now. Every time! Yeah. <laughs> yep. And being able to write with that kind of intent... Man, I think that's so awesome. Mm. I, it's, you know, every, I, I haven't done it for a wee while. It's just time and it's just, you know, time is the enemy now. Um, but back, you know, when I was, you know, hip deep in the early years of writing for Black Library and, you know, I was, uh, you know, swinging bachelor or something, I had all the time in the world. For, and every every novel I did, I would do a, you know, a conversion of a particular moment or a little diorama of something from the books. So that's awesome. Uh, Cause it was always, you know, cause I've got my Uriel versus Nightbringer over there. I've got the <laughs> Imperial fist against the demon prince up there. So, uh, you know, and I, 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 I lost them in one of the house moves, but I did the little, did the, the wee guards and with the missile launcher taken on the Carnifex from Warriors of Ultramar. Oh, yes. wow. So yeah, I would, I would always do a little model or even a figure or a diorama from each book I wrote because there was, there was moments that I felt oh, that's, you know, cause I'm, I was trying to think in sort of cinematic terms of what the visual of this would be, you know, like, you know, a, a film and a novel, a short story, whatever, they, they all offer different opportunities for, how you present a scene or a moment or an emotional arc and so on. So I always like to uh, try and visualize what it would be if I was watching the, this move, this book unspool as a film on the screen, what would that look like? How would that, what would that be the most cinematic version of this moment? So, and building dioramas of particular moments often helped with that. Yeah. Cool. Where did you get like your main inspiration from writing 40K? Do you have any things that are kind of like, you know, 40k equivalent that you really enjoy the universe of take from or? Um, I mean, the, the, the glib answer is usually always, well, I just reach that into my inspiration bag and pull something out. <laughs> but that's always the one that is, yeah. you know, it's it's dismissive. And I, I know, you know, I always I, you would give that as a joke answer. But yeah, there's there's no one place is the answer to that. Yeah. You know, I, I love I'm a big fan of history. I have a yeah, I was just about to say there. that. Uh, I love ancient history, modern history, medieval history. I've got books on, you know, any period you could name. I've got dozens of books on, on that. I, I'm an avid reader and consumer of history. <clears throat> so there's, and history is often wildly more crazy than fiction. <laughs> uh, 
which you know I'm sure you you're very much aware of. So history is a big part. I, I you know I, again I, I read a ton of things, fiction, nonfiction, biographies, uh, short novels, big epic doorstep novels. I I like you know I'm big big film fan, and I will watch any any film at all as you know if it's a good film doesn't matter if it's a rom com. If it's from a you know foreign language, if it's a thriller, an action movie, whatever. If it's a good film, I will watch it and and learn from it. You know, because you can see how they've structured it, what the characters were doing, what their the want was that they then satisfied by the end, and so on. So there's always something to be learned, and everything everything is grist to the mill. You know, the more inputs you put into the brain pan, the more chances there are of some random thing bumping into something else in your head like oh that's weird i would never have put those two together yeah but that's interesting how would that be how would that be a moment in the story how would that be a, that kind of person be a character in a 40k story that's really cool i hadn't thought of that so it's just filling filling my brain with input whether it is from film tv music poetry painting art yeah. news well whatever. speaking of how you love films and we're on the topic of sci-fi uh, Dune recently came out. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? I have, yes. Uh, and I don't mean to turn this into a Dune conversation, but did you enjoy that movie? I freaking loved it. I have yet to hear one negative thing about that movie. It's it's good. I mean, it's 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 a piece of art. I mean, it really. Is. I agree. I, mean, it's, I agree. It's it's paced. Uh, I mean, I I like slow burn stuff, so it's it's paced at a level that. I felt I got enough. I mean, I, I've, I've you know, read the book several times, obviously, and um, even like I watched it with my wife, and she's she's never read June. She loves loves her science fiction stuff, but she, you know she'd never read it. And the, the, there's a very light touch on the world building, like who the Bene Gesserit are, what the Kwisak Haderach is, and who the Harkonnens are, who the Sardaukar are, who the Atreides are, blah blah blah. Um, but you get it. I mean, it's it's a lot of that information is conveyed with imagery and feeling and emotion as much as it is by well, the Bene Gesserit are an all female. Yeah, order sure. Of, yeah, it it yeah, didn't which, feel instructional. It felt more intuitive. Yeah. You got a lot of information yeah. just out of the costumes and like the angle of shots and lighting used. Everything felt Definitely. very specific in that movie. Oh, it's very very intentional. I mean, uh, Denis Villeneuve came into Riot uh, a few years back. Uh, just off the just after he, just after the release of Arrival, he came in and gave a talk to us. Great uh, movie. About, yes, very clever movie um, about you know the, his what he'd done you know taking the original short story and how they developed it with Eric Heiser and developed and expanded it and how they used the visuals to convey a lot of the story and June was was very similar because um, he was just he was still he was in the early stages of pre production on June at that time. So, and he, he obviously he couldn't tell us anything about it. So we didn't get any, you know, spoilers or anything like that at the time. But I, I thought it was great. I, I think it did a great job of immersing you in a world that felt like, like Star Wars did, that felt real, that felt lived in, that yeah. felt dusty and battered by the thousand of years that had gone before this moment that you were seeing in the story. Yeah, you can tell there's a weighty history behind it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. Dune is over. I'm done. <laughs> tangent, you know, tangent. That we love tangents. Um, so we're kind of saying, you were kind of saying, uh, 
you know, your favorite project is a project you're working on, but do you have one book that's just your all time crowning achievement? I mean, (laughs) ultimately that's not for me to say, you know, ultimately that is for the readers to say whether it's, you know, like if, if you, if we, you know, if you talk, if you, if my name comes up in a conversation about the books, what's the first book that most people would mention in the first breath that that's, I think that's the answer to that question. I suspect Okay. It would probably be either Storm of Iron or Fulgrim would be the ones that would come up first. Fulgrim is um, a pretty or, well talked about book. <laughs> yeah, I think in terms of the one, because when you when you start a book, you're always in the you've always got this beautiful idea of of what it will be. You know, this is the this is the book I want to tell that speaks to this theme that explores these ideas and has these motifs and characters and this these kind of emotions I want the reader to feel by the end of it. And you know, I, some some books are more successful than others. And I personally, when you finish it, you can look at them and go, "Yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that, and I think it did all this, this, and this." But I didn't quite get to explore that, or I didn't feel I really conveyed that. Uh, and of all the books that I've written, I think I've achieved m- the majority of what I wanted to, to what I set out to do at the beginning is probably A Thousand Sons. Um, because that I'd, I had some real, in my head, lofty ambitions for what that book would be. Uh, and again, working with Dan while he was working in Prospero Burns at the time, we, you know, we were in contact every day, either on the phone or via email for that, bouncing ideas back and forth and, you know, oh, can you see this thing in your book and I'll pay it off in mine and vice versa and so on. <laughs> so I think in terms of achieving that beautiful dream you have at the beginning of a book, by the end of it, I think that one is the one I think I felt most successful in in terms of, in terms of you know, taking off all the things I wanted to do. I think that was the most successful. Uh, I think as far as, I think Heldenhammer, the first book in the Sigmar uh trilogy is the one that I felt the most connection to I felt because that, that book just poured out of me I mean that was one of the quickest mm. that I've ever written a novel and that's for me that's always a sign that you've got that deep connection to the material to the characters that the story you just know it and you just know how all of these characters are going to behave what move they're going to make they tell you before you even know what it is so on an emotional level, I think the first Sigmar book was the one I liked. I came out with the most visceral reaction to going, that's good. This is, this is, this is a good, because you never know. You know, you write a book and you think it's good, you hope it's good, but you never know. Yeah. Sigmar or Heldenhammer, the first book, was one of the few books where I've come out going, you know what, that's, this is a good book. This is, I think people are going to like this one because that almost never happens. You know, you hope it's good. But you never know, or a lot of times you you'll get them think, yeah, it's it's okay. I, mean, I think it's like good. With, I think with like almost all creative projects, it's very different uh, examining it in your bubble of creator yeah. versus handing it out to other people to criticize and critique and look at it. So it's cool to think that you even had a project where you were happy with it, and then I must I never read it, but it was well received. It was yes, yeah, it was. Well, that I think that's a, a cool place to be in. Though. You know, I'm happy with it, and then people are happy with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I would. I would never submit a book to the editors if I wasn't happy with it. If I felt that I, it wasn't right, you know, I I would have a conversation with the editor and say, like, 
it's it's not working something's not right i need more time on it and you know that was always the key you know like if because again i have built up a, a level of trust and mutual respect and trust between myself and the editors i, I work with at, at gw so that you know i would always tell them look if i'm going to be late on this because i need to work on this this and this it's cool yeah we know that's great we trust you that you will you're not just going to you're not going to string us along you'll you'll bring this in at some point soon and it will be good and it will be worth the extra time you've spent on it um because that key that communication is key to a good working relationship with uh with your editors with your publishers you know yeah Speaking sure. of working relationships, you have recently moved to a new working relationship mm-hmm. uh, with Riot. Yep. Um, and I'm I'm not sure if uh, how much of this you actually want to get into, but uh, are you working on Arcane at all? Were you participating in that the story writing for that one? Uh, uh, not in season one. No, I, I mean I, I didn't write any of the scripts for season one. Uh, you know, I certainly read them and offered thoughts back to the writers and the creators of it. Um, but no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't involved in the writing of season one. Um, the I mean, at the time, I mean, it was it was like six years ago. I uh, just about I joined Riot, or just over six years actually. It was 2015. I moved over uh, to the US. Uh, our our involvement was very much on the sort of the periphery for season one because I was I was working the world building team at the time with uh, other writers and editors and art and predominantly artists and you know we worked you know uh, you know we would go down and speak to the the arcane team and talk to them about Piltover and Zon and what the themes of those locations were and you know the kind of tech level or ideas for what you can see in the street in that shot or this shot and so on uh so we we were you know kind of we were involved but not you know i, I would never claim oh yes yes i was involved in season <laughs> one at all no you know we we worked i mean i, I know christian and alex I, you know I, i've known them for years and would chat to them about the story the place and so on but no i had no direct involvement per se with season one no but uh it sounds you're making a distinction on season one. Does that mean we can expect <laughs> yeah. some Demacian story coming out in season two? Uh, well, have you seen Arcane? I haven't finished it yet. I'm okay. like three quarters through. Oh, okay, well, when, I, I will not spoil you. Know, we'll, we'll come back to that question once you've seen the, the episode nine. I'll show you but, a text, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> I can say no more. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, can you can you tell us anything out else about what you're doing with Riot? Any uh, yeah, like I say, I mean, I I it was summer summer 2015. I came over to the US uh, to work for Riot, and I initially joined uh, their world building team. So at the time, uh, Runeterra as a a setting for the League of Legends game was. Um, it, it wasn't as developed as we would have liked, you know, and you had a, some of the, the regions of the world were very kind of archetypical of this is high fantasy land. This is, you know, Northern Viking land. This is ancient Egypt. And they were all kind of like just kind of stuck next to each other. You know, there wasn't, there hadn't been a lot of deep work gone into, well, how do these societies and cultures coexist next to each other? How do they what, what's the movement between them? How do they exist and not immediately, like, you know, become homogenous or yeah. become, you know, 
one doesn't immediately dominate the other and so on so they felt very fragmented kind of like you had very specific ideas of how one would act but it didn't really feel uh natural with what its neighbors would be exactly that was like you know how how does how does like a sort of steampunk victoriana exist next to you know a sort of an empire like the Romans and Persians combined. How, yeah. how do they exist with the border like that and one not become <laughs> like the other one? Yeah, exactly. As soon as you cross the border, you lose all knowledge of what was on the exactly. other side so of we it. Had, <laughs> we, yeah, there was a, a hugely talented team of artists and other writers and editors, and we spent several years building out uh, what these cultures would be you know we we did uh what we called one sheets were like you know guides for each faction and they were designed to be specific enough that you could understand that culture and get who they were and you know what they dressed like what their weapons were like uh what you know language they spoke and so on about the shape language and the color palette would likely be but it was it was more about building out the dna of a, a culture so that teams could then take this and run with it and still use it to create and invent stuff. But because they had the building blocks that world building created, they would all, you know, they would still be, uh, if, if team A was doing something in Damasi and team Z was doing it, because they were all building off the same <clears throat> one sheet, pardon me, whatever they made would still be coherent and still feel Damasi no matter which team made it and so on. So we spent a lot of time uh, building out the different factions and build, you know, either through the one sheets or by storytelling. And we worked very closely with the champ team to, you know, they would, they would be creating stories and we'd offer thoughts on that. And the things we did in the world team, they would give us their thoughts. And it was a, you know, a very, you know, in a video game company of that scale, you have to be very collaborative. Every, every team works with the others to, try and build out that that world that feels real it feels good like it's got a depth to it that is broad enough to tell stories within that that matter that they're not all spinning in their own little you know agnostic bubble that they have consequences and connections and that you know to to a degree that's a, the training we had doing the horus heresy was really useful for that because that was all about a shared universe where Characters could move from story to story to book to book, being told by a different author, uh, but they had to feel coherent between them and same yeah. world. So that was that was the bulk of my time at Riot, working there and you know writing short stories to you know further build the world out. And because you can do you know a, a one sheet is quite a technical document in some ways, whereas you know when telling the stories within those worlds would really add flesh to the bones and seeing something in action in a story would really cement it usually a lot better than a, a you know, a, a dry design document ever could. So that that's the bulk generally of what I do, you know, and, and, you know, we're kind of this, we're in a space now where we kind of, we're matrixed on to hold different teams, various people within the narrative department. So we can be working on lots of different things. So I did some, I did some work on the new Pentacle stuff recently uh, you know, building out what the sort of the mythology of this Pentakill universe was with some other writers and the music team. Uh, we did some stuff for Wild Rift mobile game. We, you know, like say for 
for a while back, a couple of years ago, I was working some stuff for Arcane. So it's, it's all over the place. You know, you, you, again, it's that texture. It's, you keep, you do different things. You're doing a short story here. You're doing an epic poem for this champion's backstory and what have you. So there's, it's, it's always a, a varied diet of, of things, whether it's voiceover lines, barks, or any number of other things, you know, card text for a, a Legends of Runeterra card or something. Very, Very cool. cool. Yeah. Um, so are you pretty invested still in 40K? Like, I know I see all your miniatures behind. Do you still mm-hmm. play games, paint miniatures? I'm going to assume daily, hour minimum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got my, some, my Necrons here. Ooh, Necron! Domitus box. I've, I've finished painting up the, all the miniatures. Well, I've painted up all the miniatures and terrain for... The Octarius box for Kill Team. Evan and I, my son, he and I play quite a bit of Kill Team, you know, nice. the weekends. Um, we've, you know, and we we break. You know, I've got, I'm building out several armies to the point where they're 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 table ready. I mean, I've got my, my Nids, <laughs> my Death Guard, Necrons, and of course Ultramarines. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm still I'm still. I mean, I came to, I came in my route into the hobby was gaming, and that's yeah. been a constant over the last. Well, certainly from my time at workshop the last 22 years, it's been an, an absolute constant painting and gaming and modeling and building terrain. Yeah, absolutely. Has 40K been your main hobby or do you paint any other things like bolt action miniatures or any other games? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a monogamous in terms of my gaming. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all work. One love. <laughs> in terms of miniature wargaming, it's all workshop stuff. I mean, I've, you know, Plenty of the board games I have are hugely miniature based, but you know things like Death May Die or Hate, Scythe, um, uh, Seven Sins, the others. I've got a lot, a lot of Simon games because uh, I, you know, I have a terrible, terrible Kickstarter habit. You know, whenever <laughs> a, a new game is up, and it's like you can go all in at two hundred and fifty or three hundred dollars to get yeah all the what extra miniatures what get the like, platinum uh, level exactly you know diamond tier right. I'm losing I'm losing money not buying that really. <laughs> so I have I have more miniatures for from other games than I could ever hope to paint but you know they're they're board game miniatures so the you know but as far as tabletop wargaming goes I'm a I'm a GW boy always have been. Okay, so you're working on Necron. I can only imagine that you have built an entire dynasty on its own. Um, I have my own dynasty. Mark, you know, we all write extensive backstory for our armies. Um, have you done that for your Necron? Well, I mean, the first, I mean, I've got my, you know, my, my Necron army here was the third, third ed one I did with Andy Chambers and Phil Kelly. And that was, that was before we had the, the dynasties they were you know they were the, the they were the the serried faceless ranks yeah. rising from the sands and so on the unknowable horror type thing because again that was phil and i are are massive you know mythos fans so there's a lot of, of this of lovecraftian element we baked into that codex and honestly i i have not done <gasps> any dynastic stuff because i don't honestly that's not my flavor of necron i Fair i'm enough. much more the it was a big change horde. It was, yeah. Uh, you know, the the fourth edition codex went hard it, on it probably, all the different dynasties. It probably took me like seven solid years to fully go through my stages of grief from this, <laughs> yeah. from this like immovable, implacable, just slow moving army 
that's moving. Yeah, I, I, I feel you, man. I yeah. mean, I, I was, I was the same. I mean, I, I get why it was done and it was for, for the hobby and for the army. It was the right thing to do. Yeah. But they're not, that's, that's not my Necrons. Yeah. Mine, you know, my Necrons are the, the nameless shambling hordes rising from the sands. Slaves to their you know. god star masters. Yeah, just, I, I don't, I, you know, and there's been a lot of great work done in the fiction side of things and the gaming side for the Necrons, having them, giving them character and characters. Uh, you know, like Nate Crowley's done some great work uh, with them. And I, I really enjoyed his, his books on them. But my Necrons, mine don't speak. Mine just come at you in horrible silence and then tear you apart. <laughs> I love it. And, the, and um, then their masters feed, so it's great. Yeah, exactly. To, to expand on that, so like, do you ever write lore for your personal army where you're like, I'm not oh, yeah. submitting oh, this yes. to GW, this is like my thing? Oh, no, no, absolutely. Every one yeah. of my armies has that, but not my Necrons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I picked the Necrons, one wrong guy. Mine, yeah. those, my Necrons are the, the shambling, love, you know, ancient horde of space undead. But all, you know, all my armies, you know, the, the Nids, they have their own backstory. My Ultramarines have got the like how do the victories. Can, can you just make that canon? Like if you text a GW and like, <laughs> hey, like, here's my high fleet. Can you make this canon? Yeah. Like, just put like a two option? sentence thing in a new codex, you know? No problem. Yeah. Uh, I mean, these. I mean, if I put it in a novel, possibly. I mean, oh, that's I, so I would, cool. I would certainly, I would certainly want to talk uh, with my editor about that before doing it because that would feel a bit indulgent. To <laughs> yeah, do that yeah. Just off the off the, the you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm imagining um, you with the Bilbo scene. After all, why shouldn't why I? Why shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's an element to. That. I mean. You, there's an element of no matter how detailed a codex is or a background is there's always room in the telling of a story to add an extra level of detail into the the warp and weft of the story and the characters so it's kind of a a weird sort of a rubrous like thing where you know like as stuff comes out in the codex oh that's cool then i invent stuff for the miniatures or the army or in the story and then i put that into my army again and it just it's a a straight it's a nicely cyclical thing yeah. <laughs> wow. Cool. Uh, well, I mean, let's see. I, I, you know, I, I wrote, you know, Uriel Vench as a character, and you know, now we have the miniature for him. Yeah, that's so, wild. <laughs> this, which is just an amazing. You know, I, it's like, uh, yeah, so, something that you conceptualized. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I remember the first time uh, I we did the, when we did the Tau Codex, and I, I wrote the the ethereal character Alan She. And a model got made of him, and it was like, "That's so cool! This, this guy, I mean, that's awesome." Like, I can't imagine how many times I read that battle in the fourth codex of Unshi versus the Greenskins on the walls. I must have read mm. that a hundred times as like a little kid. You know, it's just <laughs> excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crazy. Excellent. Well, that's what, I mean, that was one of the things we always strive for. That there's yeah. a re-readability. Yeah, because uh, I, I remember, you know, when I was you know, 16, 17, whatever, and I was playing 40K with the old second edition codexes, I, I would read them over and over again. Before bed, every night. Yeah, the stories, you know, a lot of them are like, you know, Bill King and Andy and Gav wrote a lot of them, and they're they're great. Yeah, very cool. All right. Well, I think we're going to dive into some listener questions. We have a Discord server um, where people are sure. asking us I'll just try and, stuff. Try and keep um, these brief. 
Yeah, we'll do kind of <laughs> rapid fire. Yeah. So okay, I, I I'll go for the first one uh, okay. if that's okay. Uh, so this is from Death's Angel, and they say uh, if he Graham had a choice to make a new race or faction of an existing one, uh, what would it be? Why? Also, what's the most difficult part of writing about any of the non-human races? Um, I mean, I, of a new faction, I mean, that, that could be anything, I suppose. Um, I don't know, some of the, the I mean, I'd, al- I'd always quite fancy doing something with the Harad and figuring out what they would be as an army. Absolutely, the Bendies! Because <laughs> I think they, they, they offer, you know... A, a lot of interesting possibilities for their lore and storytelling, but also real interesting game mechanic stuff. Because yeah. the time you know, flows, the time. Yeah, stops. exactly. You know, like working in ways you could. You know, because I think a, a good a good mechanic isn't just one that nerfs thing your opponents do, because that's not fun for them. So figuring out ways to bend time, you know, rot their equipment with enhanced aging and so stuff like that. Cool. That would be kind of fun. And their, their lore would be kind of fun. would be a lot of, you know, a lot of interesting potential there. Um, yeah. And one of the ones that I always, I always wanted to do one was uh, the, the Mortifactors chapter that I, I introduced in uh, Warriors of Ultramar. Um, and just detailing the, the, the moment where Uriel goes to petition them for aid uh, against the Tyranids and exploring their chapter monastery and just, I was kind of riffing on that because I'd, I'd not long come back from the, the Austria at Sedlec in Prague and you know there was all the cathedrals and all made out of bone with the bone chandeliers and the bone doorways and stuff like that and it's like this is the coolest thing ever <laughs> and so I'm putting this That's thing so into 40k it. exactly you know and I was like I, I, would, I, want, I always wanted to go back and like do chapter specific rules for them very cool. And as for, I think the, the hardest part of doing Xenos writing is detailing like thought processes and wants and desires that are not just human with a pointy ear or human with a green skin. Yeah. Um, and let's say like Mike Brooks and Guy Haley have done great jobs uh, with the orcs on that. And like I said, Nate, Nate Crowley's done some great work on the Necrons. Gab did some great work on the Eldar for that and making them, you know, sort of monstrously alien with the, that sense of uh, time that is so different from the human span of thinking, you know, because we think our thought processes are driven by how short relative to them our life expectancy is. Whereas when you, when you live for hundreds of years, you're your process of thinking and your methods of thinking can be wildly different. And, you know, and Gav did an awesome job in the, you know, the path of the, the Eldar books on that. one. so I think that's, those were great books. Part. Yeah. They're yeah. tremendous is just making it so that the, the, the aliens feel alien. Yeah. They don't feel like humans with a slightly different body part. <laughs> uh, if there could be one character to have a real conversation with in 40 K, who would it be? Uh, and apparently, he Bixa said, "You can't pick the emperor." Um, God, that's a. I mean, probably one of the Eldrad Ulthran would be interesting, <laughs> or any of the. You know, if you could keep them at a safe distance, any one of the traitor marines. You know, the <laughs> What's a safe were, distance? You know, like in the next <laughs> galaxy planet. over. Yeah. Um, just, just so you could, you know, to hear. 
<laughs> stories of the old days. You know, what, what was it like when the Emperor was on the battlefield? What was it like to see Gulliman in his prime? Wow. That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Fandex guy asks, what's a 40k misconception that you'd like to clear up? Uh, probably, I mean, certainly the one I tried to get across over in Fulgrim was that, you know, that Slanesh isn't all tits and bums. You know, yeah, absolutely. Slanesh is a god of excess. It's excess in all things, whether that, that is, you know, sex. Uh, art, music, violence, martial skill, beauty, you know, volume, whatever it is, it's, you know, it's turned up to 11 and then some, you know, yeah. and that's, that's an aspect that is too easily, you know, and not without, you know, reason, too easily fallen into that trap that it's the sex god. And it's like, well, no, that, that's, that's just one facet of it. It's, yeah. it's everything dialed up to the max. And then chasing, I, I look. I always look at Slanesh as something of an addict. It's like an addict's Absolutely. mindset. Yeah. That you, you know, you chase the high, and when you get it, you need it again and again. Mm. And what what satisfied you before won't satisfy you this time. It needs to be higher, bigger, yeah. faster. It, it feels like everyone who's involved in chaos somehow is chasing that dependency upon yeah. like the gods' favor. But Slaneshi is just even amped up even more yeah. not only are they chasing the favor but they're also chasing the experience of how they're worshiping their god they're they're, they're all i mean they're, they're all addicts to some degree whether it's they're for blood and slaughter mm-hmm. whether it's for the most machiavellian of plans the, the i think slanesh is the one that certainly most easily exemplifies that uh, well not easily but is the one that most exemplifies that and offers you, I think, the the widest smorgasbord of ways to express that, which is something that I had a tremendous amount of fun with in Fulgrim. Very cool. Uh, next question. I don't know how you're doing for time here. Um, yeah, let's, sorry. Let's, let's yeah, okay, cool. I got a couple more that I personally really want to hear the answers for. So this let's is the next one. Then. This one is from LeChuck. I've read 20-plus books uh, of 40K from different authors, there seems to be a lot of variance of the conception of the machine spirit from author to author. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you kind of clarify what you like to imagine the machine spirit kind of is? I mean, I think that that's one of the things that I love about it, Kay, is that there are so many interpretations of it. And I, I don't mean to cop out on that. <laughs> um, that you know, all of, the, all of these expressions are canon and all are not, and all is valid. And it's like, I think the machine spirit to me is it's you know it's the electromotive force given animus it's given personality and i i, I whenever i'm writing mechanicus led stories i always like to look at it as like a if as if it's like you know as was exemplified in uh, mechanicum it's like the the akashic record it's this you know this gestalt co- galaxy universe wide consciousness of all energy, of all matter and motion and force, and that manifests through the machines and how that expresses itself is based upon what kind of machine it is by the, you know, because the, the mechanics are almost like, they're like sorcerers, you know, they're wizards. You know, they conjure up an aspect of that universal force 
through the machine and shaped by the rituals they've imposed upon it, by the runes they've hammered into the the chassis of this machine. <clears throat> the oils they've sanctified. Yeah, with. exactly. The different unguents, the flavors, you know, yeah. each mechanicum priest has their own way of blending the oils, their own way of shaping the runes. And to a degree, you know, that forms the the shape and the essence of that, you know, universal power as it is filtered through this machine and shaped by the purpose that it's supposed to do, whether it's an engine, a laser, or, you know, a reactor or whatever. Wow. I, that's a pretty cool explanation. I'm not going to lie. I love the idea of this kind of just gathering energy from the universe. I, I don't know if I've ever quite considered it to be like that. So and that's kind cool. of, I always thought of it, you know, again, whether that's, whether that's the oh, truth or not. Even Mark and I, we cannot agree on what the machine spirit is. Neither can Christian, another guy we have on pretty frequently, but it seems yeah, everyone been has their runs. own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A couple yeah. bloody noses. You know? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. That's healthy debate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to ask two more questions. Eric, do you got yours uh, queued up? Um, do, do, do. Yes, okay. So this is a question from uh, Matt, one of our members. He says, are there any writers that have inspired or influenced your writing style throughout your career? And what one book would you recommend as a close to ideal piece of Warhammer fiction? Also, please thank him for being an inspiration to me. Ultramarine's Omnibus was my first bought 40K book and is still one of my favorite series. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. That's a great, that's a great question. Um, I, yeah, I've been influenced by all, every book I've ever read has influenced me for good or ill. Um, but, you know, that's, that's not really the question. I mean, in terms of <laughs> what has influenced me in terms of, I, you know, how my writing has developed as a writer, uh, I, I, first and foremost, I, I would have to say David Gemmell has been the, the ultimate shaper of my style of writing, the kind of things I like to write about. I mean, I've I've been reading and reading, reading his books since I was like 13 or so. I mean, the, the axe there behind me is Snaga, you know, my second uh, Sigmar book won that award, the David Gemmell Legend Awards back in uh, 2010. Wow. Um, so David Gemmell is probably the writer who shaped me the most. Uh, also Clive Barker and Stephen King, because their, their books are, I mean, St- Clive Barker just the sheer breadth and depth of his imagination is just staggering. And, you know, Weave World and Imagica are some of the, the two books that I probably go back to the most just for, and every time I discover something new in them and just the, the, the how he's able to write about the most grotesque things imaginable, but describe them with such beauty and love is something that's just astounded me since I first read um, the Hellbound Heart many, many years ago. Um, in terms of 40K and, and Warhammer, uh, I mean, the obvious answer is, is Dan, because Dan has done so much to shape the 40K and the heresy universes, and he's a, a singular talent amongst the, the Black Library writers and a tremendously nice guy to boot as well. Uh, Gav and Andy Chambers have both been huge influences on my writing just because they're, they're, they're good writers who tell a story well. And, you know, that's what you want. I mean, you don't, yeah. you can dress a story up in all kinds of complexities, but I, you just can't beat a good story. a good, simple story, well told. And, and Gav's 
and Bill King's writings of the fiction of Warhammer inspired me from the earliest days and still do. Wow. Um, uh, I've heard far- you throw out a bunch of names throughout the course of this. Um, have you done much work with Aaron Dempsey Bowden? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I'm this was one of those names I hadn't heard yet, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Aaron, Aaron's, Aaron's style of writing is, is very different from mine. Um, and I'd not to say better or worse, it's just very different. And his Fine. method, his method of writing, because he, he takes a long time to do his books and he, he agonizes on every line and every word down the, the course of his books. Um, and yeah, I mean, he inspires me with the, the the level of world building and depth he will put into every chapter, every character, every weapon, every planet, every place these characters go to, and he, he you know he builds all that out, which is you know way more than I do. So <laughs> from a world building point of view, and from a, a, a context of adding real depth to the flavor of what he writes, yeah, for sure. Very cool. Um, okay, so have you heard about the greater good warp entity that happened in the fourth sphere of expansion? And what are your thoughts on that? A tau uh, warp I, entity. I don't, I have to confess, I don't know a lot about that one. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, I mean, I have a tau army down there, um, but I haven't really kept up with a lot of the tau codexes and the lore and behind them so i don't really know a lot about that because it's it's not a <clears throat> i know like phil kelly's doing he's done a whole bunch of novellas and so on and novels set in with the tau so it's kind of it's not an arena that i'm particularly in any hurry to you know venture into so i haven't really i'm gonna say that. you're not interested in a greater good tau warp entity then that that would it, be my guess yeah it, it feels... He's going to lose his job enough. now. We need no, definitive I, I, answers. I don't know enough about it to give you a proper answer, unfortunately, to that <laughs> no, one. it's all good. I, you know, given... I, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to explore, certainly, but, yeah. we, you know, it's the, it's the new kid on the block and he'll yeah. probably get his ass kicked Absolutely. by every other chaos god. We, we just recently did our own episode on the uh, Tau... Um, third and fourth sphere of expansion, or fourth was it fifth. fourth and fifth? Yeah. On the town fourth and fifth. So we kind of explored it. Um, so it's pretty fresh on our minds <laughs> as yeah, to its I, existence. Sorry, so. I can't give you a better answer than that. I don't That's fair. About it. And the final question from Commander yeah. Dante 1000. Uh, I've read Falgrim. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am because of Fulgrim. Oh, it was, it's it, cathartic. It was cathartic. <laughs> yes. It is, you know, it's a way of exercising the demons and the voices inside me and, you know, putting them in the page confines them to the book and gets them out of my head and into everybody else's head. And, you know, a horror shared is a horror lesson. That's I right. love that. Writing is a form of magic. I mean, I've heard it many times. So. That's it. You, you, you cut a vein and you bleed onto the page. Um, wow. Well, you know wow. what? I can think of no better way to celebrate our 100th episode than to share this interview with you graham this has been absolutely amazing to just hang out and chat with you it's been fun i've really enjoyed this we've got some some good conversations going which is exactly (laughs) what you want yeah thank you so much you truly are like an inspiration to me like you know the the tau fourth edition codex that changed the whole trajectory of my my life so thank you (laughs) 
My yeah, pleasure. take, take that been, as you will. <laughs> I will. I'll just, I'm just going to bask in that for a little while. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, guys. That means a lot. It really does. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Graham. And um, I guess we'll see you on the next time we uh, invite you on the show. That <laughs> yeah, seems yeah. like a plan. I like it. Uh, cool. All right. Welcome back. Um, I don't know. I had a great time interviewing Graham. He was a great guest. Yeah. Yeah. It was fantastic. Uh, he's not returning my phone calls. I'd call him every hour on the hour, but you know, he's a busy guy and I'm, I'm happy he made an hour and a half for us because holy fuck that he said some super <laughs> sweet stuff. It was incredible. Well, he definitely blocked your number after the first phone call at 3 a.m. Mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm used to that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's let's add that to our Lorehammer bucket list of things that we thought would never happen or just like a hundred episodes ago were like a pipe dream sure yeah things that seemed so impossible for a couple people just making a podcast in a room with a batman blanket on the wall <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> man so we we have some more news uh to share with everybody um Eric, do you want to? I don't know how to share it. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess um, this is actually going to be our final episode that we are recording. And yeah. That comes after, you know, over four years of episodes, over 150 recorded episodes, wow. over hundreds of hours, over 300 recorded hours and release. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, Give give people a second to hear what they just heard. <laughs> their, their favorite forty k podcast is no more. Um, it it it's been crazy. Like we're we're gonna kind of unpack this. Like me and you, Eric, haven't even really talked a whole lot about this. Like we have and we got plans, but like I haven't got sentimental and emotional yet with you yet, man. I'm still I'm still dealing with this loss too. But it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of. It feels like the end of a, an era, almost. Um, just like a, a portion of life was yeah. just can be dominated by our Lorehammer podcast. You know, yeah, I can like man. break my life into that section. This is my Lorehammer time, and so kind of yeah, chapter Lorehammer for sure. Yeah, it feels odd to know that you know it, it had the beginning, and now we have the end of it. Really, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, we're on to other things, me and Eric. Um, I'll share a little bit of what I'm doing, Eric. I don't know if, how much you want to share about your life too, but like it just with chapters, we're both ready to flip to the next chapter and discover new things. And unfortunately, we are not able to do that and still continue on with Lorehammer. Well, but, uh, yeah, I mean, one of the things that we, we sat down a long time ago when we first started Lorehammer, we talked about what we thought made it good what we thought was like a portion of our success and a lot of that was the ability to record in person with our yeah. friends yeah when you get four people who are genuinely friends hanging out and just shooting the shit there's just something magical about it yeah and i i think that we've heard time and time again um how people really appreciated the fact that it felt like they were in the garage with us yeah you know like yeah. I listened to the show and it felt like I was with my friends or it yeah. felt like I was with the guys hanging out. And I, I think that that was like one of the huge draws of what we had. 
Yeah. And then it, it, it was interesting over the years as we got more and more popular seeing like some of these memes we've say in, say in episodes make it into like into back to us or whatever. Like, you know what? When the we said the last episode for Christian was the Emperor episode, we meant it that time. You <laughs> yeah, know? that was man, that was really funny recording actually. I feel like we hammered it so hard in that episode too. <laughs> Even Christian was like, "I guess this is my last one." You know, I'll never be bad. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. Like we we got so many messages where it's just like, "Fuck Christian!" Like, but we know it's just like it's out of like this like meme love like where they're yeah. playing along. Because you felt we're all homies now, um, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say why we're ending Lorehammer. I'm actually moving out of Canada, um, so yeah, going someplace much warmer. Hey, yeah, I'm moving down to Panama, and I, I'm ready for the next chapter of my life in that regard. But we we talked about it for a long time, like me and Eric. Like, do we want to do Zoom, Zoom calls like what we're doing right now and try to phone them in and ultimately we just kind of felt like we didn't want to degrade it like that. You know, you see that season of a TV show where they're on season eight and you're like, where the fuck are all the main characters? This isn't what I signed up for. Um, yeah. And yeah, we didn't want that to happen to Lorehammer because we also talked about maybe Christian would take it and we both instantly stomped that into oblivion, but you know, <laughs> well then we wouldn't even be allowed to make that joke anymore. At that point. <laughs> exactly. And that's um, half of the whole reason you want him on the show. It's just so you can tell him this is your last time. <laughs> just break him a little more as a person. <laughs> but yeah, like it just, it, it's time. We've done it for a long time. Be, most, wow, both me and you, we've been doing Warhammer for like 20 plus years even. Um, yeah. and, and while 40K is always going to be my hobby, like I've already packed up all my Warhammer and getting it ready to ship to Panama, like, I'm always going to be around doing 40 K, but you know, the special time of Lorehammer, unfortunately is at an end. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, um, happy to try other things. And, you know, obviously I plan on staying connected with the Lorehammer, yeah. uh, discord and the people, um, that we've, you know, the people we've built relationships with and stuff. And yeah. I'm, I'm excited to now transition kind of just to like a, a member of that community myself instead of someone who's like an overseer kind of. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like, yeah, it's crazy. We, we set out and we're like, what at the end of one year, what would be worth it? What would be list, worth it for listeners? And we're like a hundred people. And now we got thousands on our discord. It's like, <laughs> okay, dude, I got recognized down in Florida one time at a mall. Like that's a little was, odd. It was the craziest fucking thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, I remember seeing like, oh man, our first thousand downloads. Yeah. I thought that was wild. You see your first hundred thousand. You see your first million downloads. Yeah. After it's, I seen the million, then I stopped kind of looking at numbers and now I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I've said yeah. a lot of outlandish things. <laughs> <laughs> that, that probably a million people have heard. <laughs> Yeah. So it's been crazy, man. Like one thing I want to talk about too, is how just Lorehammer has really just like affected and developed our friendship. Like over the last five years, we've become such homies just due to Lorehammer. And um, just when you're forced to hang out and do something with somebody, you, you forced to. Yeah. 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 That's the word I'm going with. <laughs> <laughs> I was forcing you. Let's make that clear. <laughs> 
I was forcing you, I was forcing Christian, I was forcing Jordan, I was forcing all 40 of the different people we've had on Lorehammer. We twist each other's arm, for sure, sometimes. Yeah, yeah it was, it has been, um, it's like a, you get an exhaustive peek into what someone else's life is like, you know? Like, yeah. um, we're, we're friends, and then you turn into co-workers, and then you kind of turn into business partners, but you still are coworkers and you still are friends. And we're even family too. Like my, yeah. my brother is married to your sister. So like there, there's ties there. And it's like, this is just another piece of our, our oh, friendship. We're also lovers, puzzle. you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is course, there any course. way we're not connected, you know? <laughs> Who's peepee opens, opens up to accept the other ones? <laughs> Hard to say, really. Hard to say. When the lights are off. Anyways. But yeah, like, it's been so fun. Like, uh, we really got, like, this nice flow where it's, like, we know how to rile each other up. And, like, one thing I've always liked about our friendship, and we'll rile each other up where we're literally yelling at each other at some episodes. But then at the end of it, we're just like, yo, you want to go get some food? (laughs) Like, nothing happened because it's just we're we're fucking homies, you know? Yeah. I think something that, um, like... Okay, one of the craziest things about Lorehammer is people see the energy that we have between each other. Yeah. And they're like, man, you know, they're good friends. They have no problem yelling and screaming at each other, but they're still friends with it. And we've had people message us with that energy and like bringing it to me. And part of me is like, no, like, I don't, I don't know you. Yeah. This is years of friendship that we yell yeah, yeah. at each other. We've, we've spent decades <laughs> like finding out about each other. I think okay, that's something. I'm not allowed to make fun of Mark's tiny penis. So take that off the list. He really doesn't like that. One, well, not to your yeah. face at least. So. No, 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 of course not. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's just been crazy. Like just, just watching our friendship develop and uh, yeah, going into all those different areas of life together. It's been so cool. Um, there are a few people that I would have done it with, you know? Yeah, it's very true. Um, yeah, I think that we, I think we worked well together for a lot. I think uh, both of us were pretty gracious to the other person. Yeah, and- I, would, I would get all riled up with some crazy idea and then you would talk me down and then would meet somewhere in the middle of like this perfect like okay that's reasonable it makes I, sense <laughs> i think we were good at finding compromises for sure yeah, man. yeah um i think it really contributed to the longevity really of what we were doing is the fact that you know both of us were willing to you know give up something to find common ground and i exactly. think that's important in any kind of relationship or or partnership is that you know, um, even if I want something really badly, I have to be willing to see that you also want something really badly and try and find something where we're both happy or at least yeah. neither of us are both upset. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, it was interesting. Cause yeah, we've, we've dealt with probably hundreds of thousands of dollars almost through Lorehammer and like maybe not quite that much, but give it another year and it might get close, you know, but like, it didn't affect our friendship and it was just like navigating thousands of dollars of revenue and just, you know, yeah. what do you want to do with this money, Eric? Oh, a different view than me. Well, yeah, cool. Let's build a fucking studio. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things, another thing that really contributed to the fact that we didn't seem to have as many problems is uh, I think we were really clear when we first started what our expectations were. Yeah. Um, and we've, 
you know, I think we've gone through a couple periods where we've like reevaluated and had to come back to like, Hey, what do we want? Like our mission to be, and how do we yeah. want to frame like the, the podcast? And, yeah. Um, like when you listen to episodes one through 20, there's a fucking vibe there. There's just four yahoos yelling at each other, not actually knowing thousands of people are going to listen to it, you know? And then, and then we get good at taking notes and it's kind of interesting, man. Like I have developed a lot of skills through Lorehammer. Like I legitimately could not read out loud before, like when we started this. Um, And it's not that I can't read. It's just in school, I never had to read out loud. I learned at my own pace. So I never did it. I never developed that skill. And through Lorehammer, like I'm able to read and I'm even starting to get to the point where I can like add voices and different kinds of inflections. And like, it's a skill that I have now. Yeah, I mean, like we've been doing it for years, and hopefully, people have noticed that our, um, like the, I don't know, like the quality of our episodes has only increased in time. But yeah. m- most of those come through the fact that we are intentional about okay, this is what we want to improve upon, or this is what we want to kind of tweak or fix in our episodes. You know, uh, yeah. I think that. Um, the success that we have, I don't think it, it like happened by accident. You know, I think, well, maybe the initial, <laughs> yeah, maybe the like initial people finding us was accidental. But I think that our like tenacity on just continuing to push out episodes and like the the friendship we do have and the friendship that we have with so many other people yeah, that were man, willing like, to come on our show, you know, yeah, I, that, that contributed so much to our success. Yeah. And like, we responded to almost every fucking message that was sent to us. Like, let's just say 95% and callers safe. It's, you know, I, I won't lie. I, it has dropped off drastically for me in the, probably the last year, but I do remember in the first two years, probably even three years of the show, it was like a point of pride to know that we had messaged back every single person or responded to every single comment, yeah, you know, resp- replied to every email that we got. <laughs> and then at yeah. some point it just got overwhelming. Yeah. And I, I, I'm still on there and I'm still hustling, but yeah, there's still <laughs> a lot, but yeah, man, it's been so fun just getting to learn all these new people. And even that's been a skill that I've developed now is just like being more open to be myself and like interact with people like that was one of my goals with 40 or with Lorehammer was to get like a community of friends and to like open up myself and my friendship circle and just, yeah, meet new people. Well, it definitely succeeded. I mean, never mind the fact that we have our discord community um, or our Facebook group or our Instagram where we chat and hang out with people, but we even met people in real life that were more yeah. than willing to come and hang out and they just want to come see Mark and play hey, some Warhammer with him. <laughs> they want to play that Mark rules. So. I was a little less likely to invite people into my house. But. Yeah. It, it was funny. There was a couple people I would invite over and then they'd be like, oh, is Eric coming? And I'd be like, no. And then they'd be like, aw. And then I'd be like, yo, Eric, this guy really wants to see you. And then you'd show up and blow their freaking mind. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, we've had so many memories. Um, uh, okay, I was thinking about this. Um, one of probably my my favorite memories is from our Black Templar episode and Terry the Templar. 
Terry the Tannenbaum. That that will probably sit with me for a while. Um, yeah. Another great one that I had was uh, Peter and his desire to make the Eldar great again. <laughs> <laughs> I do yeah. think about that every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite episodes we did was it was squats. Uh, grots, snots, and squigs. Okay. And it was just so comical and so wacky. And then at the end, we all came up with our own squigs. And like somebody had like a Zeppo squig and like just being creative and just quirky and 40k fun. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, a great thing about 40k is it allows your creative juices to a place to marinate, you know? Yeah. To stew in that. Yeah. <laughs> It, yeah, man, it's it's crazy. Like even that episode, our two guests on that episode, they didn't know each other, but like they were brought together through Fortnite. It's so cool. Right. Um, I also another favorite memory of mine uh, is my mom. She's really religious, so you know she's all about them <laughs> Jesus. So I uh, I uh, sent her a link to the Ecclesiarchy episode because I thought you know she likes religion. Uh, she might get a. <laughs> She might get a kick about learning about the God Emperor of Mankind. <laughs> <laughs> and in that episode, like the first 20 minutes, we had the longest intro ever. But we talked about like eating pussy. And That's how right. Out- yeah, outlawed in Uganda. And like my mom listened to that episode. <laughs> Didn't say anything about it, right? Oh, no, no, no. That's <laughs> She's just, out. <laughs> she has selective hearing at that point. It's just like, I'm going to pretend I didn't just hear my son talk about that. <laughs> well, yeah. I honestly don't know if I could ever pass any links of this to my parents, um, <laughs> even to my family, I, like my siblings or whatever. I'm not sure I'd let them listen. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> hear them out there on bus stops just slapping stickers on homeless people and stuff. <laughs> But yeah, man, we've had some rowdy times. Um, yeah, like almost five years. I remember um, probably one of the cooler things we've done outside of the podcast itself was run a tournament. Oh yeah, man! We even got sponsors and stuff. We did. We had uh, Flare Games, and they were the ones that published uh, Warhammer Combat Cards. Yeah, and they provided the the prize money. Um, for the the tournament, they also gave us T-shirts yeah. that we were able to hand out. That was, and you know, we ran the the tournament. We even participated in the tournament. Um, yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we got smashed, absolutely smashed by. It's the winners were Imperial Fist and Eldar. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. What was that crazy combo? And yeah. both were beautifully painted. I remember that. Um, and I believe that both of those players, or at least one of them, competed yeah. uh, competes in like the the Canada circuit for 40k. Crazy! And he just demolished. Everybody. <laughs> it wasn't like everyone yeah. else is having fun and having a good time, and then you go over look at that table, and his opponent just has their head in their hands. <laughs> True depression. Yeah, he's just like I'm hitting on twos, wounding on twos, right? <laughs> you know like rolling ones yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah but, it was so cool man like we we organized some event and like yeah yeah people came and we had a pretty big turnout for that it was like an all-day thing that was pretty cool yeah um yeah i remember doing our our singular dice run that we did <laughs> yeah so whoever got those dice those are fucking national treasures now that's right those are one-offs man <laughs> yeah 
we talked like for a year we're like we should do some more dice and then it just <laughs> never happened <laughs> yeah yeah um like we've done just so many crazy things i can't believe we got signed by spotify we got do signed by spotify that? <laughs> that was a weird one too uh, yeah i remember i remember that you know e- how like joe rogan got signed by spotify like michelle obama got signed by spotify like exact same contract just that's right zeros you know well a lot less zeros. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, working through that whole kind of professional circuit process also was was new for me. Um, you know, trying to talk to lawyers to look at the contract. That's that's definitely the first time I've ever in my life contacted a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was... I've been stretched through this, you know? Yeah, it we 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 got way more, way more than what we thought we would when we first started this. Yeah, like, I don't think anyone in in like our first four months of like whether it was our friends or our listeners, I don't think anyone could have pictured where we are today. Yeah, jeez. Um, so where where are we going? Like, I'm going to Panama. I'm moving on to kind of just a different pace of life. How about you? Yeah, well, um, you know, now that Lorehammer is no longer uh, going to be putting all the bread on my table, yeah, I'll be, um, yeah, I'm going to go back to like my regular kind of like work week. I'm going to try and find yeah. a job. Like, I'm still doing some schooling. Yeah, you've been in school for the last like three years for people who don't know and stuff. So yeah, yeah. this and, has been a really easy job to do. Wow! Yeah. Also doing school, so exactly it worked out really. Yeah, perfectly. it just worked out fucking perfectly. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been pretty it? blessed that way. <laughs> yeah, jeez, man. <laughs> I get, yeah, um, you're getting uh, you're getting married too. I am in uh, 2023 is a, probably the hopeful date. Nice um, for us. Yeah, yeah, man, and that's it's so exciting. Like, yeah, you're kind of onto that next chapter of married life and. I swear, almost every time I see you, you mention having children. So that's nice, too. Some would say I'm baby crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, I, I'm so <laughs> sad that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss out on your baby crazies. And your, <laughs> but, you know, I'll fly well, you down there. Yeah. Kidnap you. I'll, I'll ship my child down to you so you can, you can spend his summers with Crazy Uncle or his winters <laughs> with Crazy Uncle Mark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like we're just, we're, we're both like 30 plus years old and we're both onto the next stage of our life. And it's just super exciting to kind of get going and, yeah, you know, it, it, it'll be nice to explore, like devote some energy that was devoted to this into another area. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And for me, that area is going to be excessive amounts of pizza and video games obviously. Ah. <laughs> and child rearing. Oh, sorry. Of course. <laughs> Yeah. Well, wait, isn't, isn't that what your partner's for? I don't know. I never got into the logistics <laughs> of the whole thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, man, it's been crazy. Um, e- even though Lorehammer is coming to an end, um, there are still many things to look forward to for both of us. So yeah. that, that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, I actually have some things I want to shout out. Like uh, I'm going to be still doing some podcasting and stuff. Um, a lot of you have heard my uh, pillow talk with Mark and B, my podcast with, that I do with my girlfriend. 
Um, we're still going to be doing that. And uh, man, it's weird. We kind of are falling into this weird like travel blog niche, not niche, but like lifestyle accidentally. Like we bought this sweet drone and like, yeah, so we're going to be carrying on pillow talk with Mark and B and just down in Panama. Hey. Yeah. And just continuing to talk and develop who we are and go on new adventures and yeah, just share it with people. Um, Well, it's cool that you're still going to have a pretty public online presence for all those, those people. There's lots of people that just enjoy hearing, you know, a share things. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, you can come follow me at pillow talk with Mark and B and uh, yeah, it's been really nice. Um, The other cool thing that I want to announce, and this is super exciting too, uh, is I'm starting another show as well. And uh, it's called Lorehammer listener lore. You guys have written up over a thousand stories, (laughs) like literally. And I, I promised you guys like a long time ago, I'm like, yeah, I'll read them all. Little did I know what I was getting into. Yeah, back when we thought we were going to get 10. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll read these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so basically I'm starting a daily podcast where I just pick one listener lore from that thousand pile stack and I share it with you guys. And then at the end, I give it a little critique and that's nice and life is good. Yeah, so even you know, if you still want to send in your listener lore, don't be scared yep. to do that because Mark will be picking it up and eventually get to it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a different Patreon feed. So if you want to support Lorehammer listener lore, go support it that way. I got a bunch of cool tiers worked out where, hey, how many emails, Eric, have we got where people are just like, can you critique my lore? I want to read you my lore. <laughs> now you can do that live and you can read me your lore exactly how you want it i'll say some jokes about it and it will be fantastic <laughs> you're gonna or get you... trolled so hard hey I, i'll do anything for money you know i'm i'm a fucking whore like that <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah like so we're, we're still gonna be around like and Lorehammer, even though the main show is over like the community is still here what we've built is still here yeah and, there's no reason to stop that awesome place we have for people to hang out so Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, the final thing I guess we want to talk about before we go into the next little section here is just uh, if uh, you're listening, you got to support shows. Like, even though the show Lorehammer is ending, you can still support us on Patreon. Like, if you, I've heard so many times where people are like, I'm on my fourth go through of the podcast. So, if two years go by and you pick up Lorehammer again, don't forget to subscribe while you're listening. Um, yeah content you know it's i think it's a important to put money where you find value yep you know and 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 if you find value in the show then i hope that you find enough value to consider monetarily supporting it yeah at least while you're listening you know Um, or if you've gotten through all 100 and you haven't supported the show yet just throw us 25 bucks like if everyone (laughs) threw us 25 bucks as a final thank you it would be like life-changing for both me and Eric. Like, seriously, life- I'd be a billionaire. Well, not that A much. trillionaire? Yeah. Think big, Eric. Think That's big. right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, Lorehammer has never been about money for us, but it sure fucking was nice that we got some. <laughs> yeah. To be able to feel like I could focus solely on the podcast was pretty awesome. So, you know what? Yeah. Um, even if, like- even if you decide that you're, you don't listen to us anymore, I think you should just support whatever show you're listening to at that time. Exactly. Exactly. Like that's what I do with all my shows now. Like you yeah. got to support stuff and uh, you know, people are taking time to do things, but yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to say thank you to 
as well for everyone who did support us like from the bottom at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more visit parker.com/purpose parker engineering your success from my heart like you guys changed my life financially like i was a fucking shitty electrician and you guys got me out of that through your support through your donations like thousands of people around the world got me out of out of that rut in my life and i i can never i i can't be grateful enough um like we're not wealthy we did not get fucking huge amount of money off lorehammer but but we were sustained and that we was we were sustained and it got a, us it was pretty crazy yeah and it got us to be able to focus on other areas of my life where now i was able to develop out this or develop out that where it just yeah you guys changed our lives and i i, I can't say thank you enough it's incredible what you guys yeah. have done for us absolutely Oh, yeah, man. Crazy. Eric, did you know I'm leaving Canada tonight? Tonight? Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. Um, Yeah. Like, um, (laughs) like, this is sad, too, because this isn't just like I'm saying goodbye to Lorehammer. Like, I'm saying goodbye to you, Eric. Yeah. There's there's years of friendship here that, you know. The number of times we just came over and just hung out in the garage and did modeling or the the tabletop RPGs that we developed together and played <laughs> for hours. Just the amount of memes we sent back and forth to each other over the years. The um, late night I, the late night reading in your room. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. When we lived together, you would read me a book to go to bed. <laughs> oh man. It's it's crazy. Like Thankfully, with technology, like friendships are not over, but sure. they change. And they things do change, and life is all about changing and adapting and growing. And uh, yeah, man, our friendship will never die, Mark, but it will change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I- I'm excited for you. I know that you've been talking about this with a lot of positive energy, and I, I think you're. I hope you're going to be really happy where you are. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think everyone deserves happiness. So as long as my hand doesn't get macheted off, I think I'm going to be okay. You know, but yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. So we're not done the episode yet. We still got probably like an hour of content. Maybe um, one of the things we've talked about this a whole bunch is just our discord discord community and all these friends that we've made along the way. And we want to be able to now share some of these friendships very momentarily with you um, on our discord server. We have our lore helpers and I think there's like 10 of them roughly. That sounds about right. Yeah. And basically our lore helpers when we were like, okay, what are they here for? And we basically just like people that are chill and happy and just positive people. We don't have moderators. We just have positive people. Um, so these people were just like, Hey, you've been on the discord. I've seen your name a whole bunch. People talk highly of you. You're a lore helper. Come join our crew, man. Like come help make this a better place. Yeah. These people are like devoted to, um, making sure that they're upholding like the, the positive 
attitude that we have on there, the very welcoming attitude. Yeah. Um, they're always willing to engage with people. And I think that was really important when we were kind of defining what they would do is, you know, a, lo- a lot of had to do with their character and their behaviors. So, yeah. but yeah, they're great people in and of themselves. So we, yeah. you know, we figured yeah, like- might as well introduce them on the show. Exactly. And uh, some of them do have um, their own podcasts and stuff too. And it's been super cool just like watching how this community has developed a whole bunch of these podcasts. So um, yeah. So let's uh, jump into those and then we'll come back for one final thing. All right. Welcome to our first guest to come on our show uh, for the, our hundredth episode, welcome to Oblerone and Getchapol. Hello, how guys. How are you guys hey. doing? Doing fantastic. Just got home from a long week. Yeah, about the same. It's five in the morning here, so uh, <laughs> we're doing it. That, that's perfect uh, Discord hour. So technically, <laughs> oh yeah. yes, it, it's the dedication, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you two are two of our homies that we've made just through Lorehammer. Um, we've kind of started hanging out through the Discord. Eventually, you guys became lore helpers. And uh, yeah, we just kind of wanted to introduce the community to you guys. Um, me and Eric, everyone knows us, but our community is so much more than just me and Eric. So we're going to take some time to just get to know Blake and Oblerone and just kind of have a chat. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Happy to have it with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let, let, let's just start with an easy question. How did you guys get into Lorehammer? Or 40k even? I mean, you should, brother. Uh, yeah, like, uh, I was big into Gunpla, and I was actually looking for uh, a way to make a really big diorama. And through looking up dioramas and techniques to do uh, that, I stumbled across, uh, across a channel that was doing something with Necrons. And I was like, what the hell are these things? So I started looking them up and found out more information. It was like Warhammer 40k. This was right around the time where Indomitus was going to come out as well. So I saw like, a bunch of new hell. models. Exactly. I was so excited to try it out. So I got together with a buddy who was in Warhammer previously. And um, yeah, uh, here I am one year, a half year later with... Four and a half thousand points of Necrons, <laughs> three thousand points of Knights, uh, two thousand points of Blood Angels. Lads, <laughs> oh, I went so hard. It, it happens fast sometimes. It did, it really did. So uh, yeah, but uh, I, I fell into Lorehammer because I, I I really wanted to know more about the universe, and it it felt like I can't read four or five hundred books so what is the next easy way for me to get into lore and that would be well i found a podcast named Lorehammer, and just started my episode into the i started actually just listening to the necron specific ones because that was what i was interested in but it soon took me like oh well i'm gonna have to listen to the previous one okay (laughs) now i'm gonna have to listen to the (laughs) second episode because that was the war in heaven episode i think 
Yeah. And I was like, I actually skipped over the first one, which was probably a good because the first episode <laughs> was rough to get through. How <laughs> dare you, first of all. <laughs> hey. That was our crowning achievement, that episode. <laughs> the, ocean, the warp is like an ocean. <laughs> it is, in fact, an ocean. That is true. <laughs> How about you, Blake? Ah, oh, shit, man. I got into Warhammer in, like, the early 2000s. Um, GW did like a Lord of the Rings subscription magazine um, here in Australia, and there was goblins, and I fucking love goblins. <laughs> so I was like, let's go. So I bought those and sort of got yanked into the the ethos of Warhammer, and you know, I started buying White Dwarf magazines and learned what Warhammer 40k was. And then, that's uh, like uh, the exact same story as me, like playing mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings and then, oh shit, there's something infinitely better beside it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, better man. hobby, not necessarily better law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, fucking, so I started smashing into that, just hanging out, listening to metal with my buddies and painting models as you do. Um, did that for a few years and then I sort of hit adulting and was like, oh yeah, you know, and I sort of drifted away. And then I came back in to Age of Sigma because, like, I was like, oh, yeah, cool, you know, odd place, but it was big. And, yeah, started doing that and then got back into 40K inevitably. And I was getting my cousin into it because I'm like, you know, he's like my my uh, my understudy, you know, he's everywhere. <laughs> and fucking on that bad influence, like, hey, man, these models, you know. So I got him into Sigma and then we started doing 40K. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I wonder if there's any podcasts. And he actually found Lawhammer. And I was like, oh, here you go. And at the time I was driving a whole heap for work, doing like 500 kilometers a week just for transit. I was like, <laughs> podcast the best, you know? So fucking three boys in. I happen to think the warp was a banger of an episode. <laughs> so, Traitor. Like, yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. It is. <laughs> it's always hilarious when people message and they're like, yeah, I just listened to 40 hours of you guys this week or whatever ridiculous <laughs> number it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were one just, of them, I think. I just remember, like, I used to listen to it heaps and, like, I did it in chronological order. So it was like, it was really weird seeing, like, you know, four or five years going in that, you know, space time that I was doing it. So. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Like for us, we progress and change gradually, you know, because it took us four years to do it. But to anyone coming in, once we have like a three year catalog or whatever, you can see a change probably so fast just in mm-hmm. like style of episode and recording. And <laughs> yeah, that would be weird. Yeah, don't bring your trip tides, as uh, Eric used to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy crap, I remember that. They were too. Yeah. That- <laughs> Back when we used to play. Wow, what a world. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, so what are some things that you guys have gotten out of the Lorehammer community? Because, yeah, obviously you listen to the show, but like I'm saying, like the, it's so much more than just a show. Um, let's just talk about kind of our Discord for a second, how you guys start helping us be lore helpers and how you what you do for us, all that kind of stuff. Um, Oberon, take it away. Uh, did are you typically a Discord person, or did you join Discord just for Lorehammer? I actually didn't have Discord before. Well, I had it before, but I was never active on it. And I actually joined it because, well, why the hell not? Uh, <laughs> I had to do something more with my time, and I felt like maybe I could just join and be on the Voice Text channel just to uh, just to be like 
doing something while I'm painting uh, and yeah. talk to yeah. people at the same time. And I think that's the biggest thing that 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 I got from the whole community is or the Discord is is the amount of people that are on here. They're all wonderful people, and it was just so amazing to find so many people that have the same interests, and I could talk to each one of these persons and get a conversation out and and it just kept flowing and from uh, it was a rough time for me as well at at that time and it it got me out of a rough patch and uh, i wanted to invest more into it and give back to the community i love that yeah like i think for so many of us 40k is a form of escapism and um you know we just use it to escape our shitty job or whatever i know that's what i definitely do and yeah but eventually yeah you end up meeting these sweet new people and like you start developing these friendships i I love it that's it yeah (laughs) um what uh blake how did you join the discord same question Uh, are you a discord kind of guy or are you just no no not at all in fact i hadn't even finished building my computer when i first joined i was like so close and i jumped (laughs) in on my phone and eric spoke to me straight away and i was like hey this is a really welcoming community so i jumped in and like honestly i don't have words for how much how helpful it's been to me because I'm a night shift worker, right? So when I finish work, none of my friends are awake, no one. So like being able to come in and just have that social interaction after work and people to play games with, talk about music with, hobby, like yeah. it has been so unbelievably valuable to my mental health and just to my well-being in general. It's such a good community. Everyone's so fucking cool. You know, it's you know, pretty cool about our community too. Like I feel like we don't get too controversial. Like, there's never any politics talk happening or there's never anything, you know, we're all just there to hang out and have a laugh. And and I think the thing is, the thing is too, the couple of times that does happen, everyone respects when people are like, Hey, I'm just going to go to the other channel and because we're playing games and everyone's like, cool, man. It's so rare though. You know, it's because I ban anyone who doesn't talk (laughs) about Warhammer. (laughs) 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 I never talk about Warhammer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. It, so, yeah, that's cool. Um, Oblerone, what do you do? Like each one of our lore helpers, we have them kind of run a certain aspect of our community. What do you What do you run? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm usually running contests together with uh, Sam, Jono, and uh, Eric. Does have some influence in there as well, but he pretty much gave us free reign in there. So uh, we... I'm a sounding board. If they need something, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we come up with most of the ideas for all the contests, and uh, yeah, we've uh, we've announced a new contest just a few days ago. No, last month. By this recording i guess uh, yeah yeah like this year we're doing like a crazy armies on parade for discord yeah i'm excited for it it's uh real good uh do you want to just give us like a one minute 30 second kind of thing of what we're doing just in case oh yeah we're, we're basically going to paint a whole army across the whole year so you can pick your army do whatever you want with the army. You can do kit bashing, do some 3D prints, uh, add bits there, here and there. Paint it up, and by the end of the year, we will make sure that you have a beautiful painted army with a board that you can also send to GW and probably enter in here as well. Yeah, uh, We have people worldwide to enforce uh, painting. So if you're having struggle <laughs> painting, we do have people that will knock on your door and make sure you get it that's done. That's right. 
Yeah. Yep. True. I knock on mine all the time. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he gets here so quick, man. <laughs> yeah, the, so, the contests have been really cool. Like some months are just like, you know, whatever. But some months have been really cool to see, like uh, Halloween orc contests or short yeah. story contests. I've really enjoyed those too. Yeah. Yeah, my, I think my favorite was probably the the two color challenge. Like, yeah! use two colors and black and white, and it was amazing. Actually, Drunken sent me his uh, contest piece as well, so uh, I still I have that on my shelf. Uh, oh, very so, cool! Uh, yeah, very cool. Drunken is the best. <laughs> cool. And yeah. uh, Blake, how about you? Uh, what do you uh, manage for the Lord Helpers? Oh. Honestly, man, I'm pretty new to the law helper thing. Like, it's only been a couple of weeks. But in my experience, I'm usually the guy that's just chilling in the VC. There's no one there. And then all of a sudden, a party starts popping up. <laughs> yeah. Just get your hanging out, playing some rock and stone, whatever. I just try and keep the community <laughs> active and engaged. You know, yeah. I'm not a bookwork person, but I know how to how to uh, get it going, as it were. Yeah, that, that's the funny thing. Like, the, the voice channel will be empty, and then I'll look like five minutes later, and then there'll be one person on there, one of the lore helpers. And then five minutes later, there'll be 15 people in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just takes that first person. So that's, well, congratulations on your job. Well done. I, I notice it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the boss noticed me. <laughs> oh, no, not boss. <laughs> no, I do, we do this for you the people yes <laughs> we the people yeah. um, wait are the people the boss then yeah, yeah always yeah. isn't that always. how it always works okay <laughs> so the next thing we would like to talk to you guys about is what kind of lore what kind of armies do you guys play and do you have like a quick little you know we always encourage people to write like your one sentence teaser for your army or you know I, w- I want to hear it <laughs> Uh, I collect four different armies, as I mentioned before, and my, my lore will include like three of those armies. Uh, and a quick sentence would be uh, a dying planet. That's it. <laughs> that, was, that was quick. That is quick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Get Maybe excited. we'll need a little more info. Oh. Why, what's, why is it dying? What's killing it? Okay. So, uh, I uh, got inspired by my girlfriend's plants, uh, and I have a f- all-consuming fungus on my planet. And uh, the knights, which I collect, are there to subdue the fungus. Uh, and uh, together with the people on the planet, they make sure that the they they spray chemicals in the atmosphere to reduce the growth of this fungus, and then the knights can just sweep it away and or use their thermal cannons and just burn it away. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, this fungus does it infect humans at all, or is it just like a wildlife kind of thing? A, more of a wildlife thing. Okay. It, it, it will take over the crops. So yeah. if uh, if they if the if the crops get destroyed, the imperial side is not paid. You know what that means. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Uh-oh>. God. <laughs> um, yeah. Your knights are honestly some of the craziest out there. You uh, you LED them. You magnet them. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, it's been a very long project. And I think Blake joined when I was busy working on those. He yes, saw me sweating away at them. Uh, it, it was a hard six months. But uh, <laughs> yeah, 
I've put so much time into it. I put LEDs in them, in all of them. I'm actually having three or four more now that I'm going to do the same with this year. Nice. Uh, Where did you uh, put the LEDs? Uh, I put the battery under the carapace, and then I just drilled uh, for the eyes, and then I drilled for the exhaust pipes on the big nights, and for the armatures, I just put it in the in the eyes. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. And then the paint job to finish it all up, I made a, a marble, a green marble a paint scheme with gold trim. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it's very cool. And yeah, like that marbly kind of pattern is, uh, yeah, what, yeah, pattern is in all that green. It's They're so nice, basically, was yeah. what I'm trying to say. They're fantastic. It, like, I've seen a lot of people do that online, but I've never met anyone who is actually dedicated enough to put it in their models, you know? Oh, yeah. I always assumed that, like, those people existed somewhere else, not actually <laughs> not actually on Earth, you know? Oh, yeah. And now you have one following you as well. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have an access to an airbrush either, so I hand-painted every single one of them. And I even batch painter as well. So I painted three big nights at the same time. <laughs> Uh, it was terrible. I was crying <laughs> a little bit by month, by month two. <laughs> oh, man. I've never seen someone so sick of painting gold my whole life. He was <laughs> like, so... He's like, no! <laughs> two like, weeks of painting nights, bro. gold. <laughs> two whole yeah. weeks of painting just gold. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Oh yeah. Um, and Blake, how about you? What kind of uh, oh. armies are you into? Okay, so... Get a Samuel cliche. I have Space Marines, right? Um, but the reason was I got my cousin into 40k because we went halves in the Indominus box, right? And I said I'd only do it if I could come up with a dope idea for a custom chapter. So the idea I came up with, I have Jurassic Park themed Space Marines. So all of my Marines, their color schemes are based off the Jeeps from the 1993 movie. And all of my vehicles, their color scheme is going to be based off the Ford Explorer. So that yellow and uh, green with the red stripes, that's what's yeah. going down that. Um, and the law basically is this, you know, there's paradise planets that all the high ranking Imperial Guard guys go to, to, you know, yeah. hang to retire, out. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So this was one of those planets and the Tyranids invaded and all the higher ups were like, hey, we can't let that fall, right? So they sent some people and they're like, you know, they, they defended and chopped off the arm of the, the Tyranids. And then they were like, oh, let's turn this into a zoo. So they imprisoned all the Tyranids when they were unsynapsed. And then another tendril came in, and they broke back out. And now they're like, nah, now we got to make a Space Marine chapter to send in to fight this because we don't want to lose our holiday spot. And, <laughs> um, so, so there was dinosaurs, Tyranids, and now there's Space Marines there, and um, Necrons have just woken up one world across. So shit's about to get real. I <laughs> yeah. I like the simple reason of why your Space Marine chapter is created. <laughs> yeah, well, they're just like, hey, here's an immediate problem, and let's just found a Space Marine chapter specifically to fight this. Well, to me, it just feels like you know, like the amount of corruption and shit like that that would be in the higher up levels of the Imperium. It's like that is something completely reasonable, you know, like. It's just yeah. what they do. No yeah. one wants to lose that holiday spot. Send them the Space <laughs> Marines. Fuck it. You know? Fuck it. <laughs> uh, so on this planet, do they have dinosaurs then? Or what is, how does that yeah. theme yeah. Jurassic so, Park tie in? So, so the dinosaurs were already there and sort of like 
that are sort of contained, but once you mix dinosaurs with Tyranids, shit gets real. Mm-hmm. You know? The dinosaurs can be contained by the Imperium. The Tyranids cannot. Not once yeah. they reset apps. So, yeah. And and cool. the reason I did that was because basically my buddy plays Tyranids, like my other mate plays Tyranids, and my cousin plays Necrons, so I just threw it in a jar, and it is what it is, you know? Perfect. Um, the final question for you about them is... Um, how much fetish-sized are, like, dinosaurs in your chapter culture? Do they ride them? Do they wear dinosaur teeth? What kind of... <laughs> so, so, okay. How fetishized are they? <laughs> I haven't gone full Space Wolf on it. Um, <laughs> you know, luckily, because I don't need podcasts making fun of me. <laughs> Yikes. Um, no, look, um, they're basically just the color scheme. I'm going to add some, like, uh, some dinosaur skins and stuff like that to some of the higher up guys and i am gonna have one like a couple of them riding a few dinosaurs but only like a couple as if to say like hey we're on this planet we might as well use these as a as an asset but it's not going to be like fucking the the rest of space god you know like the rest of space range in the chapter like I don't know why Greg's always riding that T-Rex around, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. There goes Bill well, again on that <laughs> Very cool. Um, well, yeah, we're, we're almost done. I got one more question for you. Um, you guys have started your own podcast, and this has been another really cool thing about the Lorehammer community is there's been a bunch of smaller podcasts that have sprung out from, from this. Um, so let's just take a minute or two and just talk about what your podcast is about. Yeah, Blake, um, you want to take it away? Yeah, so basically our podcast is called Knights of the Hobby Table. Um, and it's it's a podcast about hobbying in general. Like, obviously, there'll be lots of 40K, but me, Obi, and my cousin, we all share similar hobbies, not, like, outside of Warhammer as well, like music and Gunpla and a whole bunch of other shit. And we just want to really bust it open and get a really good positive attitude about just giving hobbies a go. Because um, people have this mentality of you have to be good at it to do it, but that's not a hobby. You do a hobby to get better. So we just want to get that out there, get some positivity in the community and uh, get people trying new shit or maybe pick cool. up that hobby they put down because they're intimidated or they weren't as good as another guy. Yeah, they like, tried painting, realized they don't know how, but now, you know, they can yeah, listen to exactly. people teach them and teach how yeah. to do basing properly and all that. Yeah, very yeah, Exactly. And, like, just that, that notion these days of, oh, you're not great at it, so you shouldn't do it. We want to delete that, you know? Like, yeah. you know, you might not be Jimmy Page when you first start playing guitar, and you don't ever have to be, but yeah. learning the guitar is still a valuable thing. You know, and, yeah. and we want that across everything. So we're going to bust it open. We're going to try some hobbies. We're going to have questions, you know, nice. and we just want it to sound like we're all hanging out in the room, to be honest. So it's going to be a yeah. really laid back, chill vibe. Cool. Cool. So, um, yeah. So that's called Knights of the Round Table. So if anyone wants to go check that out, I recommend it. Um, you guys are still recording the first couple episodes, but I'm sure it's going to be out any any moment type thing. So yeah, yeah. yeah. keep so, your eyes peeled. No- it was Knights of the Hobby Table. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, hobby. that's yeah. all right. But yeah, we, it'll be dropping soon. Don't you worry. Knights we just want to do it table. right. We don't want to disappoint our potential listeners. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you guys so much for like everything that you've done for the Discord and just, you know, you're both Patreon members. I do know that. Um, yeah. Just thanks for everything that you guys have done for Lorehammer. We really do appreciate the friendship that we've come to have over the years. So, yeah. 
we we definitely appreciate the time too, and especially all of these lovely years that you guys have been slaving away at this podcast as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we've enjoyed every definitely... minute of it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm paid. To, I'm paid to say that. But <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, the probably one of the only reasons we did it as long as we did is because of people like you guys. So. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy too. Like the reason we started doing Lorehammer, I went back and I listened to episode zero. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm sick of meeting people off of Kijiji. I just want real friends to play Warhammer with. Like, and now yeah. I got that. Like we have this fucking awesome community of thousands of people. And I'm so glad that yeah. you guys are part of it. So yeah. yeah. Thanks I'm for always... giving us the, the place to get to, to get to meet other people. So yeah. yeah. I, I'm cool. honored to be a part of it. And thank you guys for putting out such awesome content that, just brings everyone in. The community needs that. So yeah, you guys are good too. Don't forget it. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks guys. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks, On to guys. the next See interview. You <laughs> See ya. Bye. Well, hello to our next interview to Matt, someone who has been with us probably for a very long time. Oh, I, can't, someone... I can't even remember. It must've been like in the first four months or something. I think when I joined you on uh, Podbean, you had like eight followers <laughs> or 13 or something. So. Wow, you really sure. took a chance on us, eh? Took a I'm chance pretty, on I'm, that list. I, you guys were my first podcast, man. You, you know, Was it a like, good experience, I, you know? like oh, Is it something you wow. wrote about in your diary later? Uh, on my diary? <laughs> yeah, just scribbling. I do cave, cave drawings and stuff like that. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was pretty wild, man. When I first started listening, I was like, you guys were my first podcast. Yeah. So I, uh, you effectively broke me into this wild world of just listening to nerds online, <laughs> assuming they're gods. Like, oh my God, this guy's a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's been crazy, man. Like out of all the people that I've met through Lorehammer, you've been the number one. Like you've been the one that oh. I've talked to the most. You've been the one that's just like you were there for so long, man. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk to you, share some more about, you know, just our relationship, what you do for the community, kind of let's talk Lorehammer. That was the whole big situation. So let's oh just dive God. into yeah. some of it. Oh, um, yeah, I'd love to. What was the first message you sent to us? Okay. Okay. So I knew this was coming up. Um, so I remember in one of the episodes very early in, Mark told a story about when he had poo-pooed himself and he had to look his na- neighbor directly in the <laughs> eye. Uh, and I remember the uh, end of the episode, like, he was like, oh yeah, if anyone's got any shit stories right in. And like, that is, you know, that's my expertise, man. That's where I, that's where, <laughs> where I you really that's- shine. Honestly, it's probably one of the only things that I've put on my CV that's true. It's like <laughs> poop, poop self on multiple occasions. But yeah, I uh, I told him a story about when I was younger and a guy I came to shack- realize I wasn't alone in this world. Yeah, I mean, just to briefly gloss over it, I came out of the shower in a towel on holiday. It was my first time eating seafood, I should say. Uh, my parent, my brother and my dad were sat down i for the life of me i don't know why but i opened up the back of the towel and i was like hey guys i've got gas and i farted and i saw that look of abject horror on their faces oh no yeah right and uh, you know 
told their story to Mark and I think he saw a kindred spirit. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm like, I'm so happy there's other people doing not only Warhammer out there, but also shitting themselves. Yeah, uh, right? as as full grown adults. Like Yeah, is, I feel so quality. connected. Right? <laughs> I mean, it truly like that is my one that was how I got the hooks in. Like, <laughs> that was how I first started. I remember Eric messaging me like I was at the mall with my girlfriend and I just burst out laughing and I was like, got it. Got it. <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, you, you've obviously listened to every episode of Lorehammer 18 times. Do you have a favorite or oh a favorite God, series man. or? Well, I mean, you know, the Sisters of Silence was pretty damn good. Uh, <laughs> Mainly because I was on it. I got to go to Canada and see my boy. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's I, crazy. Like, we, you flew to Canada. You hung out with me for a week. Like, Yeah, man. Like, oh. fucking, yeah, we got there. I saw you in person. Like, it's like I, we had been trying to get there for a long time as well, I suppose. And, yeah, so I said, like, I'm coming over there. And then <laughs> just showed up at your house, man, with, like, my missus, a couple of bags. Like, yeah. I was like... You took me to the play park within the first like hour. I've still got a video of me wrecking my testicles on the swing set. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a great host, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, but obviously that kind of stands out for me. Like James is on that episode. He's a totally awesome guy. Like that's it. You know, going over there, I can like is one of those things where I can still like picture it in my head. But you know, there's so many top tier episodes man like yeah. some of the shit you boys have gone up to over the past couple of years has been like a question for you there must be some things that you think you've submit like whether you know it or not there must be some things where you look at the warhammer community and you're like this was because of us like <laughs> someone someone's been listening like over <laughs> a warhammer community um, people often say that like we came up with like the warp is like an ocean, but that's been in the lore for a long time. I've definitely <laughs> maybe expanded on it with you like, memed it. That's what you yeah, did. I memed you did it. Meme it yeah, you know, but uh, you know, maybe I came up with the webway is like a tunnel that goes under the ocean. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm gonna take full credit for all of it now. Yeah, I mean, I would personally four years of writing, pretty much on me. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, like you guys have done crazy stuff over the past few years. But yeah, there's so many good episodes, man. Like, I, just I can't, I can't pick a favorite. Fair enough. You've done some crazy things too, man. Like, uh, we we had Oblerone and Get Your Pull on, and they started a podcast because of it. You also started a podcast too, um, and I you started did. Let's Talk Lorehammer. Let's talk about that for a minute. I did, yeah. So this was uh, me and my boy Dylan, Big D, on the mic. Um, yeah, so we wanted to do something that just kind of showcased the community. I was on the Discord for a long time, back before it was even as big as it is now. But there were so many interesting things happening. It was like yeah. the amount of, I don't know, unfarmed content that I saw, <laughs> that I saw there. To Low-hanging s- fruit. Oh my god, the lowest of fruit I could just scrape up and put into a big jug and get on with, man. But like, yeah, like there were so many people doing so many things. And, you know, I think particularly me, it's like I said, coming on to your show was incredible for me. And just to give someone a little bit of a highlight in this kind of community where they're all doing such awesome things, it just seemed 
the natural thing to do. Yeah, like it was so sweet. Like uh, people would just, you'd pick kind of a topic for the week, then everyone would just flood your inbox with like messages on that topic. Or, you know, it might be as simple as what kind of crazy food do we have in 40K? Yeah. Um, to Yeah. We were really flying by the seat of our pants the whole <laughs> way. It was, oh, yeah. Is it very much improv, uh, improvisational kind of um, thing? You know, we had so many people writing in, so many cool stories just all of our episodes were based off of ideas from the community you know yeah and i think the fact that it was so much fun is that it's such a fun community that you guys have like kind of created here yeah and then you know everyone starts memeing and joking and just your episodes got so fun and wild they were crazy yeah like just everyone working together to just try to build something cool you know yeah, yeah, we did some crazy stuff. I remember our RPG episode was like one of <laughs> one of, what a fan favorite, but probably the worst experience of my life. <laughs> it, like crippling yeah. two hours. Yeah, that was that was a situation that that uh, I I didn't know how to do that red paint fast or whatever RPG idea. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was into the craziest world, and I yeah, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Oh man, but yeah, like I think that was the great thing about Warhammer and Lorehammer in particular. Like it's such a relaxed community and it makes for such fun, you know, when you don't have a bunch of people or who a bunch of people who are sticklers for the rules and like really hard up on what you can and can't do in Warhammer, you know, it's like yeah. You know, we all we've all got rules and stuff, but there are things that you can play with and have fun with. Like, and yeah. that, like honestly, I think you guys like just created a place where it's so easy to do that. You know? Yeah. Well, you could just post your shit, and people will be like, "That's sweet. Show us yeah. more." <laughs> oh yeah. Instead of like the the salt farm that the internet can. <laughs> like. I've seen like a lot of communities seem to suffer from that still. And it's just, it's nice that like, well, you guys have been four or five years now and it's just still not crapped up. So <laughs> yeah. Um, what is probably your favorite thing been about the discord? Oh man. I think it's just, it's the connectivity. Like I spend far too much time on the discord, just talking to people. I'm usually in the voice chat most days out of the week for a good few yeah. hours a day. Yeah. And I think voice chat is my favorite too. You know, you get in there, you <sighs> just start talking to random fucking Yeah. Things. Like pictures good. of pictures of cats is good. <laughs> but, when you but. Can like, but when you can get like real up nitty gritty with someone who comes from a completely different culture or walk of life from you. And yet, like there's always one thing that brings you together and it's like i think i've yeah, always genocide. said like yeah yeah the genocide man the genocide in 40k you in don't 40K wish... only to clarify oh yeah sure sure of course <laughs> i mean we but no, come we... join the discord and find out the truth wink yeah exactly secret <laughs> meetings on wednesday but it's <laughs> not it was more the fact of like you know warhammer is such a niche and that, like, you know, I've I've said it before. It's like a Russian doll of like niches within niches. You know, like you can go you can go so ingrained into it, but it's the one thing where you can find common ground with people. And you know, like with even without going into the hobby side of it so much, like people who listen to your podcast know what kind of what. To expect, you know, you guys put the foundation of how to interact with each other because how you interact with 
each other and your guests and stuff. You know, screaming. Yeah, right. But (laughs) the fact that I think we put it past that we can scream (laughs) at each other, but we can get to an agreeable point at the end. Yeah, exactly. At least 90% of the time, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, I'm not saying that Discord's not all screaming. (laughs) But, but, like, sometimes it's good, you know. Yeah. Um, each one of our lore helpers is kind of in charge of like a different thing. Uh, what do you kind of do specifically? What are you in charge of? Oh man, that's a deep question. You know, I would say, <laughs> I would say like, spiritual, spiritual guidance more, more so than anything. You're the chap. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just uh, keeping everyone on the straight and narrow. No, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've done a couple of things like over the kind of past where I've dipped into some projects before hammered the Necker Unity project, which is yeah. kind of my baby, but Bob's like, is like the child who I fathered and then left with Bob to raise. <laughs> to raise. I, I went out for milking cigarettes, like, and I'm like, he constantly gives me updates, like, I need child support, and I'm like, ah. but no, yeah. So uh, we did Necromunity, which was kind of like funded by the, like, well, I say funded, ideas generated by the community to kind of build a Necromunda 2.0 and kind of say, well, let's take a hive world and design it ourselves, which came to a load of like unique things. It's still ongoing at the moment. We're still like putting things together and getting things hooked up and stuff. But, you know, like... One of my favorite episodes in the whole Lorehammer library was the episode with you and only one Bob and Eric, where we just developed the hive city for and it was so cool like we we all came in with no idea and then we just came up with this cool harpoon sail ship thing and oh my god bone planks yeah bone it was planks. bone planks <laughs> it just yeah. it had that awesome aspect of like being really cool and fitting the setting but also that disgusting grim darkness that exists yeah. in 40k which is something yeah. you really only get to flesh out when you're hanging out with people you know. Yeah, right. And th- that was kind of the whole idea behind the project. That's like what we want it, what we want to see on like a big scale and is what we ended up see- seeing. Like it was very much a like kind of social experiment when it comes down to it. Cause you get a bunch of Warhammer nerds in a room and like be like, build a planet and <laughs> everyone is going to kick out. Like you're going to, like you're gonna get cool stuff, but you're also gonna have people like, oh no, that doesn't work with that, and this doesn't work with that. But it was kind of saying like, right, let's all just get together, sit down, like in in the kind of way that we did, and just you know have fun with stuff and like, yeah, and then, think yeah, of cool sh- ideas. Yeah, yeah, think of cool ideas, flesh out ideas. Oh, that one doesn't work that well. Let's fit it in here though. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, it's just been so fun. It's been so good. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it was one of the golden moments and like, yeah, all credit to Bob, I will say, like, he is real good at like managing stuff like that. It wouldn't be half what it is for that. But. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so we got one more question for you. Do you have a favorite army and have you done like homebrew lore for like an army that you've done? <sighs> so the only homebrew, homebrew lore that I've actually done is uh, Lorehammer Adventures. oh my god okay which has been covered heavily and as matter of fact i happen to have 
chapter thir- no i don't i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna do that to you guys no um to be i've been asked this so many times man i i just cannot pick a favorite army you know man and i know like people are like oh well i just like it. it's like asking people what music they like now i like it a little bit of everything but you know, I I like to read the more granular stories, so I look into like Necromunda quite a bit and like the Warhammer horror stuff. And yeah. you know, I think if I had to pick maybe Imperial Guard, but it's just is seeing someone who's up against all of this other stuff. You know, that's what's sure. great about Warhammer, and that's why it's so expansive. It's just not one facet that you can kind of break yeah. up into a million pieces. Yeah, exactly. It is hard to pick your favorite faction because they're all fucking sweet. Yeah, right? And the more you read about it, even if you think a faction sucks, it's only because someone's told you it sucks. It's never because you've actually read anything yourself. <laughs> it's like, that's that's the main I, thing with the Warhammer. Like, I agree. Like, the... It, if you took the time to look into every faction yourself, there is something in each faction for everyone. Oh, yeah. I've so, always said, like, the worst 40k book is still a good book. Because yeah. you still probably even, learn something. Even, like, the Space Wolf episode that we just recently released, while it's probably, like, one of my least favorite things in 40k, that was a great episode. And it was a lot of cool stuff in there outside of the memes that get tossed around, like, ah. salt spreading online. Yeah, right. It's like the stories of like Lucas the Trickster, where he's just he's just awesome and he goes around giving people fleas and shit. Like it's <laughs> it, you know, there's some good fun in 40k, and that's what I really loved about Lorehammer. It was it never you know, never took 40k too seriously. You guys just bounced off of each other. You you have to see it for what it is, because like it is the ultimate in dark satire, you know? Yeah. You you have to be able to look past it and be like, okay, I cannot connect with this story on a personal level, because otherwise I'm psychopathic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Um, well, yeah, very cool. Um, thanks so much, Matt, um, just for being my friend, for everything that you've done for the Lorehammer community, for Necromunity, for the Discord, all these things, for Let's Talk Lorehammer, all these <sighs> sweet things that you've helped us do over the years. Um, I know also, too, like a year ago, I checked out who was our biggest Patreon supporter, and you were on that list, and you were the number one. Um, I'm sure you're right back up there still or whatever. So, you know what, Matt? We love you. We, we appreciate everything you've done for us. Man, I love you guys. And I'm sure I speak for a lot of people saying, how fucking dare you? And this, <laughs> no, I, I'm sure I speak for a lot of people just saying, like, yeah, what you guys have done over the past couple of years, like, not only building a business, but building a community, building, like, a refuge for nerds to kind of chill out and stuff and like honestly you know you guys have become dear dear friends to me and you know hate to see it end but <laughs> i'm just i'm so stoked that you guys are you know just living your best life and you're like episode 100 guys what the <laughs> fuck have you actually counted up all of the hours of content that no you've done? we will have to though but i uh... mean i want to see it man like <laughs> you see people's playlists and it's like i've listened to twenty one thousand hours of lore <laughs> hammer and i'm like are there that many hours that, those are rookie numbers yeah that yeah, pulls like, out his. <laughs> yeah like fast forwarded four times speed like <laughs> I, I really get it in there but yeah you guys like is incredible man thank you to you guys from the whole i feel like i can say it from having a community-based podcast but from the whole community 
like thanks to you guys for you know being a source of inspiration and like you know a little bit of a gathering point in a community that can get a little bit confused and twisted like it is nice to have guys who set a standard and just you know with all the other podcasts coming out that you guys have inspired or have been in touch with the community like i just hope to continue seeing that go along yeah yeah thanks man well yeah thanks man we love you um thanks you guys cool off to the next interview oh, guys have fun i hope the next guy's as good as me or better made <laughs> not not likely <laughs> well i said i said and I'm the only one bob <laughs> oh, worst. Okay. enjoy that i'll see you guys later and thanks again See you, Matt. Welcome to our next members to be interviewed. Joining us, we have uh, Sam and Jono. Welcome, both of you guys. Hi. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to get, finally have you two on. Um, we've chatted a bunch, but never uh, on a recording before, so super sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. People, what they want. <laughs> yeah <laughs> when when these people live all the way across the world you know it's hard to get everyone to come to the garage so then we just decided screw it yeah yeah we gotta have you on remotely i guess <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i'm guessing a few people wondering who sam is yeah yeah which one of you is sam <laughs> well obviously you I, the one that just talked i am sam also known as ursets on the on the discord yeah, that's right. Yes, I do have a meerkat. Yes, they are legal in Japan. <laughs> the two big questions everyone asks when yeah. they first meet you. Once yeah. a month. I get the same question. <laughs> yeah. And then you blow their mind. Well, I actually have two of them. Yeah, two of them now. <laughs> I don't know where they went. But they are here. I haven't lost them. They're not outside. <laughs> Very cool. So you guys are both 40K enthusiasts. How long have you be- been in 40 40k uh john you want to start um okay recently uh probably about maybe three years got back into it before then uh took a very very long break so probably i'm showing my age here probably about 19 years of a break nice a veteran (laughs) yeah back in the old days man blast markers and all that (laughs) sort of stuff Um, yeah so yeah i've just recently got back into it when I discovered a, a certain podcast that got the juices going. <laughs> are, are, do you listen to like a lot of podcasts regularly or were you specifically like, I need 40 K? Um, I did, I did for a while, but <clears throat> I don't think any of them were like really what I was after. A lot of it was like competitive sort of stuff and, you know, like battle reports and all that sort of, Blah 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 blah. Kind of just then, trying to find the new meta every time. Yeah, and I was just like, "What? What the hell's a fucking meta?" Like, I was just like, oh, "That's how long I've been out of it for." So, <laughs> and I was just like, "You know what? I'm, I'm more interested in like the background, the lore, and all that sort of stuff." And my older brother sort of said, "Oh, here, check these guys out. Like, they're a bit derpy, but like they get into some pretty cool stuff." <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's how I discovered uh, Lawhammer. <laughs> Derpy seems a pretty adequate way to describe us. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's got a lot of love behind it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Sam, how about you? I think I started towards the end of third, so just before fourth came out. So I don't even know how long ago that was. I was still, I think, beginning of junior high school, so about 14, 15. But it wasn't like games, so my brother had a friend that had stuff. So we just assumed all the rules, bought <laughs> Lord of the Rings figures, I think, first. Yeah. And like a Russian tank, and then somehow thought of <laughs> how to assault a tank with goblins. Yeah. I think then after that, we just got the third edition starter set. Was that the Black Templar one? I think it's the the one with the crushed, the, the crashed ship, and it has like not a full army, it's like 10 Marines and a random lieutenant and some nids, I think it was. Yeah, okay. the battle for McGregor. Yeah, yeah, that's ah, the one. Ah, yeah. okay. Had that cool crashed pilot guy with the pistol and like the Oh, yeah. yeah. Lieutenant Varus, I think. I think I still yeah. him. I think it's the only thing I have left from that. That's kind of crazy. There's probably combined number of years of Warhammer experience just between the four of us. It's got to be like over 50 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> that's, that's well, long. Was it worth that's the question. <laughs> okay, okay. That's yeah, funny enough. You're not that. even the first person to tell us, Sam, that you started with Lord of the Rings minis. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think because I'm from New Zealand, so that was like a big thing for us. Like, that might even be the only thing we have going for us at this point. <laughs> I don't know. I heard something about a lot of sheep down there. Oh, yeah. We have three sheep per person. <laughs> That's their currency. <laughs> sheep when you're born. It's also, a, it's also a unit of measurement and weight. Yes. There's like, how far is it? Oh, it's about 30 sheep down the lake, you know? <laughs> yeah, we don't use Ks and miles. We're going about 14 sheep per hour. That's right. Um, yeah. It's so good to see, like, sheep. Jokes coming from the non-Australian towards the Kiwi, so that's good. It's a word. That's okay. Laughing. We'll put some shrimp on your Barbie later, John. Oh, no. <laughs> no one calls them shrimp here. Oh, <laughs> um, Triggered. So you guys found Lorehammer. What made you finally come to the Discord, and then what made you stay? <laughs> what was I doing? I, I, th- I found it as an excuse to stop laughing on a train. So I thought, like, the podcast I'm listening to now is kind of weird. Like, you're a white person in Japan laughing in the middle of a train that's crowded with Japanese people. I thought, this might be too weird. I'll go find something else. What's not funny at all? Warhammer. There we go. Let's go. And then you guys didn't change anything and started laughing. And then I think I think I found Mark on Instagram on, like, a live thing. And he egged me into paying for Patreon. <laughs> and then I went to this. Holy fuck. Yeah, man. I remember doing those live streets. Those were so fun. But then, yeah, once we got the Discord going, now it's on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for me, it was like really late at night. And like, obviously, like, I followed you on the old old school Facebook and I was like, I think I had a couple of uh, nips of sherry or something over the fireplace. <laughs> I think I was, I was messaging someone on Facebook Messenger. I don't know if it was Mark or Eric. And then, yeah, it just led to me jumping in the Discord and, yeah, 
getting swindled to Patreon as well, I think. No. <laughs> it, it's good like, to see that our scam works yeah. and has yeah. longevity, you know? Hey, yeah. look, I'm it's delivering me. the feet pics that we promised. You know? right. Everyone gets their fucking monthly Eric feet pics. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure one that I got wasn't a foot. <laughs> With a foot long, but it wasn't a foot. <laughs> <laughs> but long or in New Zealand terms, an eighth of a sheep? <laughs> yeah, one, one foot hoof. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so, uh, what what kind of do you guys do homebrew lore? Or do you guys like just like what 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 makes you take in the forty k universe? Um, I think for me, it's conversions. I think I like that more than anything else. Just looking at people making weird stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, and are you quite crafty yourself? I, I, I'd like to think I am. I mean, looking back at some of the first things I do, I think this is just horrible, though. Like, <laughs> oh, I put, like, a tyranid arm on a space marine. This looks amazing. And then now, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, every now and again, Eric will just troll me by saying, hey, Mark, yeah, you remember that Black Templar I made, right? <laughs> I... Yeah. So just the other night, I was really in the mood to troll Christian. And I'm surprised, <laughs> Mark, you didn't, like, comment on this at all. But I, I went in our WhatsApp group chat. <laughs> yeah. Did you read it, Mark? Oh, yeah, I read it all. Okay. okay. I started with, um, wait, wait, here we go. Okay. No one was talking in our group chat. And I said, homebrew lore idea for female space marines. <laughs> And I got a message instantly from Christian. I already don't want it, but go ahead. <laughs> and then, yeah, the phone blows up for 15 messages. And, you know, yeah, yeah. What, a, what a way to trigger some people. You know? we ha- I haven't changed. <laughs> uh, John, what, what about you? What, like, what's your, what scratches your 40K itch? Um. <clears throat> I wouldn't. I wouldn't really say converting because, like, it's not really my bag. But like, you know, a, a dabble. But more just the paint jobs, man. Like some of the stuff that you see, even like with some of the guys on the Discord, uh, Instagram. Um, it's just for one, it's inspiring and awe striking, but also kind of makes you ashamed and put down your brush and don't want to pick it back up again. Don't you dare, Jono. You are one of those guys that yeah. other people look at and say, holy Whatever. fuck, I'll never do that. <laughs> You're a very talented painter. It was like that, that paint contest we had. I'm like, oh, I've got this in the bag. And then you just see John. I'm like, okay, no. no, no, no. <laughs> I, think, I think your painted ultramarines are still some of my favorite models I've ever seen come out of Lorehammer people. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tear up. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> um, no, I appreciate that. Like it's it's like obviously like I started off way back when with Chaos Black Legion. Um because like I do have a big soft spot for Abaddon. I think he's one of the greatest characters they've wrote. And um yeah, I just sort of I, I knew techniques and stuff and then I just I like I like the aspect of the ultramarines. I, mean, I know they cop so much shit being the blueberries and like we take it in stride, but I'll just, <laughs> yeah, I like the sort of Romanesque feel to it. 
so yeah, I just sort of took that and ran with it. And, yeah. Made them nice and shiny and yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You gotta, you get like, you gotta put some love into it, I guess. Like, Cause I enjoy it. I enjoy painting. Like some people not naming names. Like I have to like beat with like a, a cattle prod or a, a sheep to uh, get them to paint <laughs> some of their models. Like, I don't know lasted, who you're talking about. I yeah. They lasted for like a week and then, um but yeah no i just i enjoy painting i find it relaxing well not only do you enjoy painting for yourself but now you've decided to share it with a bunch of other people Mm -hmm. through through your own podcast yeah that's that's right um yeah i i met a beautiful young talented englishman on your discord um only one bob Bobbert or Bob Back Mountain, as I like to call him. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and like we just gelled really well. And um, he's quite creative. He's a really good scenic terrain builder, and you know he can't paint an Ultraman to save his life. <laughs> but um, yeah, we got Don't together. You we, want uh, to though? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got together and um, we formed a podcast all about the hobbying aspect of 40k and it you can use it for like age of sigma D, whatever you wanted um role playing that sort of thing um yeah it's do you enjoy right. doing, like uh, do you do, do you enjoy doing bases and stuff as well um no, <laughs> no. yeah okay short, I, short I, answer like yeah. I, I just do simple bases man like i just you know a bit of technical paint yeah you rocks and pebbles a tuft of grass if they're really lucky yeah exactly oh Oh, look i've got a resin base already done for me (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's when you know it's like a a nice paint job if there's a couple of tufts of grass on there (laughs) this guy must be a captain (laughs) yeah 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 that's it go with my other like 15 primaris lieutenants that i've got (laughs) Uh, yeah so yeah we we we're uh, our podcast is called the Hobby Happy Hour. You know, we've been around. I think we just celebrated a year. Wow! Um, yeah, it's been good, man. Like we've had some cool guests on. Um, Mark, you came on for one episode. Uh, we're still yet to get Eric on. Um, <laughs> That's you gotta, funny. You got to actually like do the Bob, hobby, though. Bob said the same thing. He's like, <laughs> "Yeah, we still haven't had you on, Eric, though." <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, I'm, I'm sure we sent the email out. I did click send. I just, I'll check the outbox. <laughs> yeah. Awkward. Um, yeah. Ursats, do you uh, have any favorite lore? What's your favorite army or faction? I've always loved the Night Lords. But I, I just didn't have... First, the, the money to cover it when I was a kid. And then second, just, you know, there's lightning bolts everywhere. I just didn't think I could do them. And then my, my parents, sorry, mom and dad, I, they, they gave me five grand. Just out of, <laughs> like, we've got four kids. You've been ignored long enough. Here's five grand. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're like, it's for, it's for resetting your driver's license. Little did they know, I spent most of it on models. <laughs> most of it? 
as yeah, one but does. I felt bad after a while, like after the first three grand. I'm like, okay, better get something <laughs> for my wife. So, so I bought her a sewing machine. Now she makes meerkat clothes. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. But now I have, I think, about three thousand points built of night lords. I've got Conrad. I've got Sivatar. I've made like a custom demon prince for the the painted count, everyone's least favorite night lord. Um, I've I've done most of their their Hersey books. Like read most of them, listened to most of them. Yeah. And then apart from that, I've got second edition Harlequins. A whole lot of them that haven't been painted. I've got. A whole Have lot of you been able Jared. to paint them like uh, all checker patterned and crazy? Or? I tried. I tried. <laughs> it's hard. Daunting. It's yeah. almost, some would say, impossible. <laughs> I, I swear, GW photoshops them. Yeah, I think so. Like, I'm like convinced there's a little it. bit, at least a little bit of photoshopping on some of those. <laughs> I'd say so. Because like, like, the, the Harlequins now are small enough. But those ones are like, I don't know how big, like half a sheep hoof around that big. There's just no way. No way. No way. I'm going to do that. And then I have Seth. Seth from the Flesh Terrors. He's a pretty, pretty up. I think he might be my favorite captain ever. So did you just get like a new model? I don't know. There's like someone on one of the, um, White Dwarfs made, like, a Primus version of them. Mm. But I, I yes. just have the regular old-school one. Nice. So do both of you play, like, already established armies then? John, or you play Ultramarines, or you collect and model, build and paint. And, Sam, you do Night Lords. So neither of you have ever created your own, like, homebrew, at least chapter even? Um, I think I, I dabbled when I first started. I had Space Wolves. But they weren't spacers. I was using them to make like Scottish Marines. Oh, cool. So I thought maybe maybe I could do something with that. But it just I just never get around to painting anything. So they just died. <laughs> oh, that probably put it out back. Yeah, yeah. Took them out the back in the shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's cool. Like, yeah. Some people just get drawn right into the one chapter. They're just in it. Yeah, like, you resonate with it. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people I mean, are I've Romans, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think some of it for me, like I, I like Batman. I like that kind of stuff. So that just connected with that. Yeah, I, I can, I can see the connection between Night Lords and Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Batman definitely kills people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, well, yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, I think that's all the time. Um, but yeah, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for being a part of our Discord. Uh, it's chill, just hanging out. Yeah. Thank you. No, like, well, if anyone should be thanking it's you guys. Like, you've provided content, platforms, communities. Um, yeah, so like for me, it'd be like a thank you, like you know the communities, like it's. I was gonna say like it means a lot, but it, it's not ever like you know you know what I mean, like yeah. So for me personally, like yeah, I'd say thank you to you both for what you do. 
Well, we yeah, just it's for people out. like you, John. So, <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, there's my allergies again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been really fun to hang out with you guys for the past couple of years. It's kind of crazy to think of how yeah, long yeah. I've actually known a lot of the people on the Discord. Mm-hmm. Like, like for me, it's it's especially special. Like I live in a country where no one speaks English or if they do, it's like, this is a pen and that's it. But like, for me, having people I can talk to every day in English has been amazing. And yeah, and then man. it's just a bonus on top that it's 40 K and it's filled with people that are more than happy to share ideas, talk about stuff. Yeah. So thank yeah, you for that. It's been great. Great use of time. <laughs> who, who would have thought? Who would have thought that? Not according wow. to not my mom. <laughs> oh, I love it. Awesome. Thanks awesome. again, guys. Thank you. Oh, cheers. Thank you. Hello to our next interviewee from the Discord. With us today is Epic Taco. Hello, Epic Taco. Howdy. Um, will I finally ever know your real name? Like, you can't just be Epic no, Taco. No, it's not allowed. Okay. This uh, is the real name. Uh, I can DM it to you. <laughs> okay. 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 Keep it secret. Keep it safe. <laughs> Epic Taco, how's it going? It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. Nice. Um, I think you're pretty much one of our newer lore helpers, but you've been on the server a while. Yeah, I think uh, me and Gitcha are the two most recent. So yeah, nice. I've been there. I've been there at least a year. Yeah, like I've seen you around for a long time. You know, so yeah. Um, yeah, so let's uh, talk about uh, 40k. Uh, what kind of got you into Warhammer 40k and kind of Lorehammer and yeah. Um, the models really. I was like, I just want to. I want to build some stuff. I want to paint some stuff. I was looking for stuff to practice painting D&D models was. I'm like, ah, how do I get a, a big box of models all at once? <laughs> 40k. They, look at this. 30 Fire Warriors or whatever for, you know. I'm like, okay, this will work. And then I'm like, oh, there's a lot to this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. need to figure out what I've actually bought here. And then, <laughs> then I went on YouTube and watched a bunch of stuff. I'm like, okay, well, while I'm at work, let's find something to listen to. And then Lorehammer. And, you know. Nice. So you, you're a D&D guy first, and that's kind of how you got into the miniature well, side of things? Yeah, because it was like, because me and some friends wanted to like start playing D&D, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me get some minis and stuff together, and I'm like, okay, because I ended up being the DM, because I'm the only one who can keep anything, <laughs> keep anything going. Um, All right, it's the forever yeah. DM trap, is what it yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And don't you ever give some a good DM experience because then they'll want you again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fuck. I'm like, well... Yeah, I guess new, you're always like, now. I can be the DM and then you're just the worst DM possible. <laughs> and then no more invites. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you mind if I DM again? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, you know, I now I have twice as many 40k stuff as I do D&D, so I mean... <laughs> have you ever done any... 40k RPGs before? No, been kind of interested in it. Um, cause one of my friends also wants to try like the one, the Fallout ones. There's like a Fallout themed one, and then the the 40k one. So I'm like, oh, maybe someday. Someday. Try. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, I, try here or there. 
Yeah, yeah. I think one shots are really good for forty k. Like just one mission where you're a space yeah, marine rampaging through some small Xenos village, and that's yeah, all you need. Ninety percent of the time, your characters are going to die. Then, anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you're a space marine, it's almost like if you don't die, you failed. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't gloriously given up your life. It's yeah, it's better to die for the emperor than to live for yourself. That's right. To die. <laughs> so did you uh keep collecting Tau after your first box or did you branch out? Yeah, yeah. Um Tau and Admech, but Dark Mech themed Admech because that's nice. cool. <laughs> Dark Mech yeah, cool. So how do you convert that? How do you do that up? Um I've mostly just been chopping up Admech and like uh I have one is the uh, God, I can't remember what it is, but it's one of the tech priests. So, like, I took it apart and added, took his legs off, gave him nothing but like tentacles. So he's like crawling <laughs> around. But he's got like two extra arms. That's, that's neat. Perfect. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, that. That's a faction I always. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that we get to see more minis from. I yeah. think we only have like one hero character or something like that. It's a nice yeah, opportunity yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely because. Because uh, I was like 50% Oryx or Admech, I couldn't choose. Cause I'm like, I want to do something I can kit bash really easy, and Admech just it's just slightly cooler. Yeah, so. um, I'll never f- forget kind of like uh, how Colin described the difference between like styles of Dark mm. Admech and Admech, where it's like one is yeah. like uh, more shelled bugs, kind of like beetles, and then one yeah. is more like praying mantids and more like of these aggressive looking bugs. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like I, aren't I defensive anymore. They're aggressive. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a very cool way to kind of describe that dark mech kind of vibe. Yeah, I like them. They're cool. And tower just kind of tower the army. I think I would actually play and Ed mech are just kind of for fun to just build and paint. Well, like you want to win, right? So, well, it wasn't because I didn't even know any of the rules at all when I bought it. And I'm like, <laughs> sure. I, just, I like this, their style. I like their style. They're nice, clean lines, and then Dark Mech is the complete opposite. So I don't like, believe oh. any Eldar or Tau player that tells me that. I don't want any of their <laughs> tanks. I think their tanks are ugly. How dare you? I love like, fucking hammerhead skills, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some broadsides. I don't know. I just like the big robots. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, there's some sweet fucking robots, man. Yeah, I got like four squads of stealth suits. and everything. It's just, I just like the robots. It's cool. If people wanted to donate money to a GoFundMe page for you so you could then buy a Taunar supremacy battle suit, where, where would they go? Uh, I could set that up. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> go fund my Warhammer addiction. Epic Taco um, edition. Go check that out. Yeah. Go help Epic Taco get the best battle suit of them all. It is pretty sweet. Yeah. I love the like the the gun arm on that thing where it's like a mini gun made out of other mini guns. It's so cool. <laughs> I'm like, I just want this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, so what, what's kind of been like, you said you've been on the discord for a year. What kind of, what do you like to do on here? Are you just a lurker mostly? What's your, um, no, not really. I mostly hang out on the, uh, well, the pets, everyone hangs out on the pets. <laughs> um, 
and the work in progress and finished projects I like, but usually I'm just sitting in chat or lurking in chat, gaming yeah. or watching other people play something. Yeah, man, it seems like somebody's always streaming some new game or something. Yeah, anytime I'm in there, if I'm playing something, I'll stream it just because my yeah. computer can handle it, so I do it. <laughs> Entertain <laughs> the masses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. No, I, I like seeing people's progress over time, too. It's it's nice. You see someone post something from like three months ago, and it's like, uh, and then the like most recent one is like, yeah, that's that's better, you know? It's it's nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, some of those channels, yeah, they're good just once a month to go in there and just, whoa, there's a whole swack of pictures now. Yeah. And the contests are cool, too. I like seeing what people can come up with when they're motivated. <laughs> are you going to be yep. participating in the, like, Lorehammer Armies on Parade thing we're doing this year? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see if I get around Maybe. to it. I'll try. You know it's in your lore helper contract that you have to. I, well, yeah, this ghost kill has been sitting here <laughs> on this paint stand for about a month now. <laughs> One color outline. <laughs> but it'll get, there. it'll get there. Have you created lore for your Tau at all? Um, or your dark admin? Or dark, yeah. Kind of a little bit for both, like very loosely. Like It's kind of like if I ever finish, I'll like you know write something up for it. Um, but the uh, the dark mech are supposed to be based on like an old. Uh, it's like they were ad mech, but then they got like stranded on like a like a mining asteroid or something. So all their equipment is kind of like mining based. Okay. You know, so it's very like industrial and stuff, but it's all like kind of worn down because like they don't have new parts coming in or anything. So they've like mm. turned a little bit to like make do. And they're like, oh well, if we can't power it with this, we'll just have to do this. And, <laughs> it's a know, demon, it's... okay? Yeah, <laughs> totally not a demon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the dark mag theme that I'm going. So it's also all the bases. Everything's all dark and like run down and stuff. And for cool. the the towel is like complete opposite. They're like uh they're from I guess it's like a sept world where it's um it's tropical but they use it for like training purposes because they're like really hostile wildlife. But it's like too small to really bother with like terraforming. But it's it's like perfect for like practice missions. <laughs> they, they like send them out there and they're like, oh, go be stealth. They go hide in the jungle for a week or whatever. We'll be <laughs> later, you'll you'll be fine. And then they don't like tell them, and then they have to like prove themselves, and they come out. Yeah. It's pretty, don't it's tell them like, those giant know. monsters in the forest. No, no, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but they're all like stealthy bases, mostly like stealth suits and ghost kills and cool. stuff like that. Very cool. Nice strong theme. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, do you have this will be the final question. Do you have an all time favorite character in forty K or mm. someone you aspire to be, maybe? <laughs> in 40K? Aspire to be. <laughs> aspire to be alive in forty K Emperor. <laughs> Ah uh, no no uh, Emperor sucks. Um, <laughs> says the dark admic player. Yeah, it's, it's freaking Makes sense. Um, uh, I don't know who I want to be, or who do I like the most. Honestly, Gazgol is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> At least that y'all have done an episode on. He's definitely one of my like top three. 
Yeah, he's so sweet. He's just, he's just fun. Like, uh, it's, you know, but he's also cool. Like, Abaddon is cool, but he's not fun. You know, it's like... <laughs> no, there's nothing fun about the long war. <laughs> no, no, there's nothing fun about Abaddon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a great character. Cool. Well, um, yeah, thanks for thanks for everything that you do on our Discord channel. Thanks for always hanging out with us and chilling and just creating a nice spot for people to come and share their 40k. Oh, I try. I try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We tell. We can tell. You're doing a great job, Taco. Yeah, we we always get so many positive, glowing reviews for no, Epic Taco. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> All over Spotify reviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't even left a review. <laughs> it's <probably> fine. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, and uh, yeah, on to the next one. Thanks, Taco. Onwards and upwards. <laughs> Well, hello to our next interviewee. Goes by the name Only One Bob on our Discord. Mm -hmm. Welcome, Bob. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Not your first time on Lorehammer either. No, no, it is not. Um, I have been on previously. um, I believe on one of our cheeky little Necromunity segments. Cheeky! (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, we're we're glad to have you on. Uh, We just kind of want to talk to you about, uh, you know, that little thing we do together called 40k. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we know it well. That lovely little... I like to think of it as a financial investment. Um, it's the only way I can... You know, that yeah, it, it keeps its wealth. <laughs> yeah, the investment word I hear a lot of people throw out casually like that. Like, it's just a meaningless word you can say like that. <laughs> invest in a car. It, invest in Warhammer. It is an investment. It's just not giving you the return that it should give you. For oh, really not. Really not. Um, How did you uh, any, get into Any day Warham. now, I see like those share prices increasing. <laughs> How did you... What was your first investment into 40k, Bob? Um, my, ever. My first investment into 40k, I think I was like 12 years old or something, and um, it was Space Marines. Um, Ultramarine specifically, and um, I, I just, I just couldn't get into them. But that was my my first <laughs> foray um, into the forty k world. Um, and then following on from that, I tried again, like about ten years later, with um, some corn demons, and again, just didn't quite hit the mark. Didn't quite take. Um, okay. And then I started listening to to you folks <laughs> um, about two, three years ago. I want to say, and, and what. <laughs> What got you? What finally sunk? I think, uh, genuinely, right? So when listening to the podcast, it was a combination of episode one and finding out about Malice um, and the Abhuman episode. Oh. Um, and I was like, wait a second. I can do whatever the heck I like. <laughs> I don't have to do like corn demons. I don't have to do like a specific thing that already exists. I can just, just make up whatever I want. Um, yeah. So I did. That's a pretty cool thing to realize that in 40k, like you can actually do anything you want, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, the ab human episode was so crazy, man. All those weird scalies and mm. long shanks. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you made any crazy ab human conversions for like any of these more exotic ones? No, no, I have not. No, the, the 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 furthest I got with that was I decided I wanted to do like um like an ab human 
almost like because basically right the way i saw it is ab humans are just humans right so i think some sort of dark mechanicum could turn them into some sort of a status thing or try to um i spoke about it in a piece of law that i believe you folks read out as well um but that was my first that was literally my first foray into building recently and it was a little sons of malice <laughs> goat men astartes yeah <laughs> yeah they're very cool so you you just you love Malal. What kind of appeals to you about him? Oh, and do you call him Malal or Malice? Uh, I call him Malice. Um, so, because like, Malal, I think, was the old fantasy. I think in 40k, they're quite strict on the... No, no, it's Malice. I think there's a weird copyright thing um, attached yeah. to it. To be That's honest. what I've heard, like, for sure. get yeah. thrown around too much. Um, so, yeah. And I, I think it's just... It's so open-ended. Do you know what I mean? There's no... Yeah. Like, here is Corn. He definitely is a thing. This is what he looks like. Here is Nurgle. This is his gut. Whereas it's Malice. It's like, wait, I don't even actually exist. Like, we're not <laughs> entirely sure. Yeah. Um, but they sort of hint that he probably is. But even if he is, he's like chaos incarnate. So he didn't exactly do what people thought he was going to do. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. that, that yeah. nice... Uh, and it's it's that sort of freedom where you can kind of take it <laughs> in whatever chaos. you want to go true chaos that you could just explore <laughs> exactly <laughs> um so you've uh like you said you've been in our community for quite some time you've been on the mm-hmm. discord uh you're one of our lore helpers uh what do you kind of do on the discord what, what what do you enjoy what kind of draws you to it um i mean i sort of like i i uh i take a part in the necromunity project which um you know it's been i think it's, it's been a little quiet on that front recently but we're gonna sort of kick it back off again um because we we kind of want to round it off for this year and actually get it uh, all polished off um yeah. so if anybody is interested in hearing more about that um please jump into the discord uh um, yeah. drop me a message because we can you know, we, we can talk we can talk <laughs> yeah i i said it to uh, to Matt when we had him, but like one of my favorite Lorehammer episodes ever was the Necromunity where we built a hive city. It was yeah. so cool. Everyone needs to get involved. Just working with so many people on Necromunity, it's just yeah, it's it's fun. You get other people's ideas, which brainstorm, mm-hmm. boom. Yeah, yeah. Every idea that I've ever put in has only been made better by other people commenting on it as well. It's so cool to see that, like the yeah. community aspect of it. Um, so the future of Necromunity, been a little slow, you said, but what's something mm-hmm. you're looking forward to? Um, do you have a, what's the next thing you want to do on it? So the plans that we've got in place at the minute is sort of, we, we've built the world. We've, we've sort of got, got the gangs. Um, I'd love to see some people actually put the gangs on tabletop. That would be super cool. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think what we're really looking for at the minute is just these little short stories. You know, think about your codexes and how it's sort of done out. You've got these like little snippets of of story cool. um, that sort of hint at a larger a larger piece of information. Um, yeah, that's going to be yeah. sweet, actually. Yeah, like there are so many authors in our in our Discord. Like, there's going to be a thousand submissions. I can't <laughs> wait for that. Maybe not that many, but um, yeah, man, that's going to be sweet. Just like little lore blurbs. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. And the other thing we want to talk to you about is, uh, we've, we've had this sweet little group of friends that are always chilling, always hanging out. And like a couple podcasts have sprung up from uh, the discord. Um, and you're one of them, you and another lore helper named Jono. Mm-hmm. So hobby happy hour. Tell us about that. Um, so hobby happy hour. I think what we wanted to do with it is basically focus on the, like I said before, that 
I think there's a lot of people that get into 40k that feel like they have to sort of fit within the molds that already exist. Um, and I think that we're sort of quite keen on, you know, we we talk about how you can accomplish uh, the, the the molds that already exist, the pre-existing um, armies of which there are many. Um, but yeah, we want to also sort of maybe like inspire people to do something a little bit different, like really yeah. sort of think outside the box a little bit and sort of take what is canon and lorically accurate, but then sort of maybe make it their own. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and go through sort of like more the hobbying side of it. We focus a lot on like how you can sort of achieve certain looks uh, and things like terrain, things like basing. Um, yeah, I've we... seen some of your dioramas and they're just so cool. Like you did this one, like Gene Steeler cherry blossomy one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It... Um, yeah. yeah it, was, um, it was one of my first ones. Um, and I wanted to have a go at making white trees. Um, so <laughs> I did. And then I stuck some little happy little, happy little Gene Steelers up in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah like yeah that's cool because yeah lots of show will shows will talk about yeah painting miniatures how do you paint ultramarines but yeah how did you make that fucking tree <laughs> now we'll know yeah. you will yes you will and find <laughs> us. you can you can find us um on your favorite podcast listening thing um hobby happy hour check yeah, us out very cool go find go us. check them out yeah. Mark, um, we had you on an episode, and Eric, um, I have plans to have you on at some point as well, because yeah, you said yeah. you would, and now it's out there in the world. Oh, my <laughs> God. I did promise that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. That's right. Cool. Well, this was great. Um, thanks, uh, Jono, for everything that you've done for our community. Um, like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. Like, uh, you keep the Discord going, and it's fun just getting to meet all you people. I love it, so... I mean, I'm Bob, but um, I can see how you can make the. <laughs> who did I, who did, what did I, I say? I can see how you get us mixed up. I am, you know, oh, a surly Australian. These, that's um, so crazy. Are... I hope we edit that out just so I don't look like an embarrassment. Please don't. Girl. Please leave it okay. there. Well, that's life, I guess. Jono will be so happy to know that yeah. you thought Bob was him. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Let's end this. I'm embarrassed now. I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Bob, thanks for being a part of our community and. You know, yeah. being like a, taking an active role in our Discord, and I know people really appreciate the Neck community. So keep on keeping on. Thank you, thank you, um, thank you, Christine. Thank you, Colin, for having us. It's um, it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Holy fuck! Oh, that's crazy. And welcome to our next interview. Uh, we have Woody who is obviously a familiar name to people who have been around for a long time because he's been around for a long time. So, Welcome. Hello. Hey. Thank you. Um, it's good to be back. Uh, it's, I was really excited to do this. Um, yeah, it has been a really long time. I was actually thinking yeah. about that um, yesterday. Yeah, last time we had you on was on like one of our Lorehammer lockdown episodes. Yeah, that was a wild time. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember two years ago how this whole pandemic started and was still in it? Uh, Good thing we didn't keep doing daily episodes because that (laughs) probably would have killed us, I think. (laughs) Yeah, that was, I was actually thinking about that too. You know, it was... Hey, we're going to do an episode a day, two <laughs> weeks. We're all in this together. And yeah, that was two years ago. That was, <laughs> that was crazy. What a world. 
Um, yeah, man, but you've been, you've been, uh, in the lore hammer fucking community for a while. Um, what kind of, what kind of keeps you around for so long, man? <laughs> it can't be me. It can't be. <laughs> um, honestly, it's, it's you, it's Eric, it's, it's everyone. Um, you know, I kind of mentioned this the last time I was on that, you know, I started listening to you guys cause I liked 40 K and I liked the lore and what you guys are doing. Um, which is still true today, but honestly, it's, you guys have evolved from just some dudes talking about Warhammer in a garage to a legitimate community. And <laughs> that's kind of what has kept me around. Um, you know, life gets in the way. So I, you know, you take breaks and, and then come back. Yeah, um, that seems to be the way of it, eh? Just the kind of waves of uh, engagement. Yeah, and and it's definitely a lot harder because I had to move. So I, I'm in Japan now and the time zone difference. So it's a little bit harder because um, it seems like the majority of the community is on while I'm sleeping. But honestly, that's I think that's what's kept me is obviously the content and and you guys um and the the friends that I've made from way back when I started listening to you guys in yeah. North Dakota um but <laughs> yeah the the community and and the content and stuff is is what's kept me what's coming, uh, up, coming back what's like the warhammer scene in Japan like have you kind of got to see much of it or um there's a where I'm at um, in northern Japan, there's not a terrible amount that I've noticed. Um, the majority of it is like the other Americans that are here with me. Mm. Um, Gundam is huge here. So I've kind of had to shop the Gundam scene for <laughs> Warhammer stuff. Uh, the closest GW to me is in Tokyo. So like six and a half hour drive. Oh, oh my perfect, God. perfect yes. evening drive so uh, there's <laughs> like right outside the gate there's a tiny little hobby shop that has like some paint and like the necron little beginner start painting set sure it comes with like the the one model um <laughs> So you have a thousand Necron Warriors just by buying that box over yeah. and over. It's all you can do. Just got to practice, you know. Prime black, paint silver. Prime black, paint silver. Rinse, repeat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's just that easy, Eric. I hear painting uh, Necron is hard, okay? Yeah, you know, it's it's difficult unless you have just a legion of their basic infantry. Um, no, I'll, I would still find a way to, like, make that take forever <laughs> uh, but yeah the scene here is like i said it's it's not as big as what i was used to um yeah. but i still find a way still have found a way to come up with a million models and <laughs> throw them in my pile and never paint them distance can't keep you from warhammer yeah this is true the pile of shame <laughs> continuously grows whether or not you have access to 40k yeah so have you uh are you still doing your ultramarines is that your primary uh kind of we'll call it the investment in the hobby yes actually um still doing ultramarines um i 
like I said, it's not huge here, so I haven't got a lot. But um, what I do have, I'm still trying to do Ultramarines. Um, I did buy a Thunderhawk oh, the other day. Heck yes. Um, well, I say the other so I don't know what's going on with that, but uh, and you bought like a full-on full-scale Thunderhawk, eh? Not just like an aeronautical one. Yep, I I went to Forge World and I bought the <laughs> you know the seven hundred dollar Thunderhawk, <laughs> yes. and uh, immediately had buyer's remorse. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I was super excited about it, and then I got an email like two weeks. So we'll figure that out when we get to it. But thanks for your money. <laughs> so I, uh, that thing yeah. is going to be just a crazy situation to build. I've built some of the Forge World like um, Storm Eagles, and they're awkward, man. I can't imagine a Thunderhawk. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, but also terrified. Um, what do you think like the biggest model you've built is? Um, the biggest model I've built and completed is my knight. Um, okay. The biggest model that I've started is the uh, Storm Raven. I, I purchased that um, nice. right before I came here, uh, but it's not fully built yet. Yeah, man. They're crazy. Those resin models to put together are just something else. Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. What else is there? 40K up in the hizzle. Uh, like I said, not not a terrible amount. Um, it's, it's a very <laughs> big Gundam community. Uh, I'm, I'm finding that out, which I'm very okay with. Um, I... I have found that I really, really enjoy Gundam. Um, is, if, is there anything else to the hobby of Gundam? Like, I know you can build it, and I know people kind of put decals on it, but do people ever paint them or take it kind of to the next level? Yes. So I have found uh, they're called paint pens, and it's, uh, it's like a, a lacquer-type paint that comes in a pen um and it's it's really weird because you just like color on it as if you're you have a sharpie and you're and you're coloring it in with that um but yeah people just like with 40k you know there's there's different levels um some people just clip them and uh it's all push fit yeah so it's not uh you know you're not gluing anything uh, some people just do the paint pens. Some people go the extra mile and, and do the airbrushing. And uh, I even saw this one lady who was making her own, like she was using the parts that came in the model as a form to make her own parts so that she could then paint them, weather them, etch them. Etching is a thing. Um, etching. People People buy like special knives just to etch their pieces um so like add damage to it and like um add damage yeah add lines um uh, like 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 line the panels basically okay yeah um, and there's different grades with gundam right there's high grade perfect grade master grade and you know it it 
I don't really know the order, but it goes from like very simple. Um, you know, you kind of put 10 pieces together all the way up to you're putting 16 different pieces into one finger of the Gundam. So <laughs> each Gundam's finger is, you know, articulated in 13 different places. Wow. Um, Whoa. And yeah, it's, it, it's no glue. Hey, it's all just kind of. Yeah. No glue. It's all push to Whoa. fit, click to fit. Um, I might have to buy a Gundam one day. I remember like uh, when I was a little boy, one of my friends had a couple Gundams. And I wanted to touch them, but he's like, those are models you can't. So I never got to fondle them. So really yeah, good. they're, uh, they're fun. And I play with them, you know, and I have them displayed in, in my house <laughs> and, you know, me and my daughter will play with them. Like, Oh, let's have our little Gundam battle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's big here. Um, I did find that acrylic, paint on the Gundams is a lot it's not as neat or clean hmm. it doesn't um, stick to the plastic very well or it, something like that it does but it it like the finish is not as nice um it, uh. it, it's it's got to be like the lacquer paint or if you put like a a glossy type clear coat on it hmm. um yeah it, it's fun um I do wish so they they have found a way to make mold lines non-existent in the Gundam parts, and it's really amazing to not have to like clip and then scrape a whole <laughs> panel of mold lines. You just kind of take care of where the where you clipped it. Um, yeah, yeah. So GW could learn a thing or two from that. But <laughs> so since you like got into the Gundam modeling, or you have been, do you watch any of the animes or read the mangas? I I started watching the anime again. Um it's it's hard. <laughs> the the Gundam anime is very old. Mm. Uh w- where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm trying to watch it in chronological order. That's a lot. Um, yeah, it is <laughs> it is a lot. Um and it's old and it's very dated. Like the <laughs> the yeah. the actual animation is dated, but uh it's it's fun. Um, they're doing a new series, uh, Origins, where it's like the precursor to everything, um, and that's that's pretty fun to watch. But just trying to watch everything else is like, I'll watch a couple episodes and be like, I gotta stop, I can't. <laughs> it's too it's, much. Yeah, you you know you, you notice a lot of things like, it's you know a twenty minute episode is realistically like the same four scenes over and over and over, but sometimes <laughs> it change the color. Um, you know, the one of the battle scenes you see in the very first episode is just recycled every episode, sometimes <laughs> with a different color, sometimes with a different background, which I get for the time. You know, it, it was made it made everything easier. But it's like, man, this is this is tough to watch. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, very cool. I'm, I'm going to have to watch a Gundam one day. I, I keep saying I will. And then I never do. But. Well, I have uh, a recommendation then for you, Mark. Okay, lay it on me. Gundam Double O. Okay, got it. I'll I, I'll put it on the list of things. <laughs> Whatever that means, it's on the list now. Perfect. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to watch it too. Uh, I've heard of that one, but I haven't haven't watched it. And there's a ton of them. There's so like, many. Some, yeah. some of them are are. So there's the the Universal Century like storyline, and that's like their main story and then there's like all these offshoots like iron-blooded orphans and uh, yeah i heard that one was really good that's the one i seem to think think most people recommend to me 
yeah, that, that one has been recommended to me a lot, but, uh, I'm trying to watch it through the universal century. Cause that seems to be the most like, um, yeah. So <laughs> enough about Gundams. What about, uh, the discord? Uh, do... <laughs> what a, what a segue. Um, yeah, like you, you've been on the discord for a long time. What, uh, what kind of, what do you get your fingers involved with on here? So, excuse me, sorry. I I wish I participated more in the Discord um, with, like, the events stuff. I've kind of thrown my hat in the ring, um, but just the, the time zone in, in my life, uh, yeah, especially with my job, it makes it very hard. Um, but... Your joy I, comes from enforcing uh, rules upon noobs, I think. Is I, yeah. Make sure... Um, no one's doing anything sketchy. I, you know, I, I like to be the dad, if you will. Um, <laughs> and, and historically, uh, if if you upset me, I like to to you know flex my. I've been in a uh, part of Lorehammer for a really long time. Uh, <laughs> I like to flex that I've been on now two episodes. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I was talked about in the first like couple yeah um, man so. you got the fucking hardest flex of them all you're like yeah when they asked for some microphones i gave them a couple hundred bucks and without yeah. me they couldn't do any of it so yeah. you know essentially i am the reason that lorehammer is a thing um you no are lorehammer, yeah. <laughs> i kid um i i like the discord because you know when i when i first got on the discord it was just us playing minecraft right just like <laughs> Hi, I barely know you guys, but let's play some Minecraft. Um, and then we kind of stopped doing that, and I didn't come back to it for a long time. Um, and then when I came back, it was like, oh, look at this community. Um, I love the Discord. I will be 100% honest. I never knew what Discord was until <laughs> I got you know, with you guys in Lorehammer. Um, but I've made a lot of really good friends on it um, to the point where like uh, anxious nerd, right? So uh, we were at one point before COVID got really bad. Like I was like, hey, I'm I'm going to go to Japan. And she's like, oh, hey, me and my husband are going to go to Japan. And I was like, yo, let's meet up. So, you know, I was going to, again, COVID happened, but I was going to meet up with her in Tokyo and, you know, just kind of hang out <laughs> for a day while she did whatever and I did whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure no. that still will happen eventually. Um, like I know a bunch of people have ended up meeting each other through just, yeah. yeah through hopefully hopefully it, it'll happen. Um, I know a lot of people have become really good friends and have started their own little hangouts or whatever through the discord. But um, back to your original question. Sorry. Uh, I, I typically stay in like the, the general and then the work in progress chats. Um, I love seeing everyone's models. Uh, I love like giving what advice I can, or just even being like, yo, that's a really cool model. Um, we have a ton of really talented artists and, and kit bashers and just hobbyists in gen in every sense of the word. Um, and I yeah. love seeing it. I love seeing the familiar faces. You know, you got Bob, Jono, Ursatz, Ovlerone, Anxious, Emma, all these people, Courtney, and I just, you know, it's like, it's really, I've never met any of these people and I only know some of their names, but I just feel <laughs> like I'm just so excited whenever they talk. Like, <laughs> I, I brought up anxious, you know, 
she kind of left the server for a while and then came back and I was legitimately excited that she was back. I like looked at Marcy and my wife and I was like, Oh my God, anxious is back. And she's like <laughs> looking at me all crazy because she's like, you don't even know her name. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's true. but I don't need she, to. She's back and she's, you know, an awesome person. But um, yeah, the discord it's, it's become a place that I, I would say almost like a retreat, right? Like when, when life is getting really crazy, I'll just kind of hop in there. And even when I'm at work, I'll be scrolling on my phone and seeing everyone on the, the, the voice chat and playing games and stuff. And I just, I love what yeah. it's become. And I love yeah, that man. there's only been a couple times where there's been like negatives about it. Right. Um, yeah. Like I, the entire time we've had the discord going, I've only banned two people. One time was for fun. Another time was actually a serious incident, but that's a lot, a lot of uh, like, we have a lot of people come through here and like, it's always so peaceful and good. Like we're just a bunch of chill people who like 40 K. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really nice thing. Uh, especially, especially lately with, with the hobby and some of the, the news and stuff you're hearing of the hobby. It's nice to be able to be like, you know what, all this, outside stuff maybe happening but i know that i can hop into the lorehammer discord chat say hey what's up and have people be like oh hey let's have this conversation and one of my favorite things to do is actually when i see a new person come in and i i love saying hey welcome to the to the discord you're gonna have a great time feel free to shoot a message to me or anyone in the chat it's so nice to be able to say Hey, if you shoot a question in here, you're, you're literally going to have tons of people coming in and saying, Oh, Hey, here's the answer or, Oh, Hey, welcome. Or, Oh, Hey, yeah. Great models. I love that feeling. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it's been special. Um, but yeah, like all, all you lore helpers, you've helped make it special. And that's why we wanted to have you on for this episode, you know, like it's just, you're all our homies. Now we've created this awesome little group <laughs> and I'm so excited. I just want other people to come share it with us. So. Um, yeah, Woody, man, thank you so much. We, we kind of glossed over it earlier. Like you gave us a crazy donation in the beginning that helped us take it to the next level. And yeah, we just appreciate everything that you've done for us. So thank you so much, Woody. Yeah, we do. Well, you guys are very welcome. And you know, it was an investment on my end that has paid dividends a million times over because <laughs> you guys have literally been with me around the world right so the, moved to north dakota to baltimore that job where i traveled all over the world and then you know baltimore to japan you guys were always kind of like my comfort food right you know, just, kinda, oh, just, just always pop. whispering in your ear yep pop my headphones in and and listen to you guys just oh, talk and have a good time and um so thank you guys again for for doing this it's it's been a crazy ride um but i've loved every single minute of it heck yeah cool awesome. well that that's that thanks again thank you for sharing woody hey thanks for having me wow what a awesome bunch of people i was super happy that they all made time um to yeah. chat with us a little bit um unfortunately I, we weren't able to talk to a couple um but it's, yeah. it's all good you know. It didn't work out for everyone, but we got a lot of people, and, and you know yeah. I think that you can realize the the quality of people that are there, and so the ones that didn't even make it, I mean they're just as awesome people yeah. that are part of our Discord. So yeah, um, yeah. So we're gonna read off our Patreons here, and uh, 
thank you all of all of you for supporting the show. And then that'll be uh, that'll be that. All right. Um, so we have thank you to Bannon, Carl, Bruce, Glintlock, Chris, Andrew, S, Duick, Duick, Brock, Budlong, Logan, Brad, Matt, Jesse, Macariel, Hylix, Anthony, Savy, Thomas, Shamrock, Jumi, Taylor, Cameron, Nene Skachow, Lucetti, <laughs> Michael or Michelle, Mikal, and Charcuterie. Um, you know, this yeah. will be the last time that you hear Patreon names. Yeah, man. Wow. In- I can't believe it, man. Thanks to everyone who has supported the show. I cannot even believe that we made a single fucking dollar off this, Eric. <laughs> Um, incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's awesome to know that people see enough value to participate. So, yeah, um, yeah. So you know, this is the final goodbye. Uh, you can still support the show. Like, if you're listening, if this was the first episode, now you're going to go back and listen to all 99. Don't forget to support us still. Yeah, and don't be scared to still message us. Or, yeah, like on Instagram or Facebook, or more more likely on the Discord. Um, yeah, you know those. Mark and I are still going to be hanging out. Yeah, we're still going to be participating. Um, so just because if, we are if anything, I'm going to be more active now because I'll be down in Panama and I won't have very many English speaking friends. So definitely send me a message. Still, I'm going to need you guys down there. Yeah, just because we aren't putting out new episodes doesn't mean we don't want to still hang out with everyone who's a part of the the Lorehammer experience. So yeah, man. Um, yeah, so thank you all so much. Don't forget to come check me out on Pillow Talk with Mark and B, or if you just are a forty k guy, come check out Lorehammer Listener Lore. Yeah. Uh, thank you to our listeners. Thank you to yeah. our guests on the show. Uh, honestly, I think um, probably someone we need to thank most is you know when we started the show we actually had another member uh jordan and we had him on for our um emperor yeah yeah our episode on the emperor and that was kind of just a a desire to bring him back you know complete the circle and (laughs) it was yeah i mean that just floods me back with memories and of being recording with him and stuff so thank you jordan you know what if if it wasn't for you as well we probably wouldn't have um even like attempted the podcast it was your technical knowledge really that you know kind of gave us an opportunity to do this so yeah yeah thank you for everyone who gave time money effort whatever we love it we appreciate it all yeah sorry we don't have time to list every single person's name who's made the show a success. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, it's, it's been a journey. Thank you so yeah. much. Thanks, Eric. You're, you're my homie. I'm going to miss you. I love you, Mark. I love you too, buddy. Um, I guess signing off for the last time. How do we do this? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, okay. I guess we'll see you guys later. See you on the flippy flop.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.